it's like I, I always tell my uh, the girl that I'm seeing now, my uh, lady friend. I always tell her like, you can like be anything. It's all good. Just the only thing that really like, with, as far as like with people, the only thing that really that I struggle with is is really boring. And I, and I know it's, I know how that sounds. It sounds like oh, like I'm some fucking interesting dude. But really, like I can deal with any like affliction, anything you have. But the people that are just like the people that just like talk about, you know what I mean? Just brutally boring shit. You know what I mean? Like when you talk to someone, there's just, there's just, you're talking about the weather again or like. Okay, I'm back. I'm back in my setup now. I feel <laughs> I feel good now. I feel good. Remember freaking Triumph the Insult Comic? Uh, what was it? The Insult Comic Dog? Comic oh dog. yeah, yeah. Oh, comic Dog. Yeah. Yes. I was With just a cigar that would always fall out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. I love that. I uh, <laughs> I say that stuff all the time, and uh, the wife she doesn't get it. She she never picks up on it. She was like, she made dinner the other night, and uh, she's like, "How was it?" I was like, "Oh, it's pretty good." For me to poop on, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> I, kn- I was like, "Triumph." You Did you show her Conan O'Brien? Yeah, Did you show remember- her. Yeah, once I showed her, she's like, "Okay, I-, I remember this being a thing, but I don't remember what it's from." I was like, "I watch Conan O'Brien every single night, <laughs> man." Oh, I remember yes. him. Um, I remember. Um, Carlos Mencia, like that was like vintage comedy back mm-hmm. in the day. I mean, mm-hmm. Carlos Mencia ended up not being very good at all, but I mean, I, I liked him back when I used to yeah. watch Comedy Central that much. You know who I got back into yeah. is um, Dane Cook. Like he like yeah, Dane's Dane's not bad. I like him. I um I, right. I saw war- he's just so douchey. He's yeah, so he douchey. is very. That's bad. like that's his character, though. Like I, I, I listened to him a bunch on uh, the Burt Kreischer podcast. He's on like three different episodes, and he is not that person at all. I mean, maybe he was back then, but he's definitely had the some life lessons in humility with like his brother stealing from him. Well, he like married that. like an eighteen-year-old. He did do that. So. That's kind of weird. I, I did see that. Okay, but that part aside, <laughs> he's got some redeeming qualities for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, but. Uh, He's like, I think he's playing in Orlando next month. And I'm like, oof, I kind of want to like 14 year old me needs to go see Dane Cook. Like that was something I used to always like, I used to always listen to him. His wife's cute. It, are, are we talking like from well, porch she is. cute or like legit I mean, cute? It's, it's not going to get an ugly year old. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to get an 18 year old, she better be like smoking. Well, she is, she is cute. Right. Yeah. Kelsey Taylor. All right, so hold on a second. She's twenty. She's twenty, <laughs> but look, I'm reading. Okay. After five years of dating, he proposed in 2022. Right. So hold on, let's do that a math real quick. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at the math. Oh, I don't think you, you do rough math and you can yeah. figure it out. So she, and how old is he? He's like late forties, isn't he? Forty forty six. Yeah, he's pushing into fifty. Damn. Just like just like you two. Used yeah, to, but at least at least I'm I'm half Asian. I, I don't look 
75. Oh, like 75 until I'm 90. 75, yeah. good at math. <laughs> Get it, math? Oh, I'm terrible at math. Oh, so so that's that's the other half, <laughs> not the half Asian. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I'm like negative twenty seven in math. I was trying to help my daughters with uh, homework, and it oh, boy. didn't work out so well. It's never a good thing. What's up, boys and girls? This is the Punk Rock Cops. We are here. Well, we're recording live. This isn't going to be aired live, but whatever it is. Uh, we've got me, your your trusty <laughs> Messiah 108, uh, as as said by by the Riot Girl Robin over there. Riot Girl? No. <laughs> Rude Girl. Well, you said something the other day. Yeah. The last episode. Rockin' Robin. Rockin' Robin. Ooh, that's Rockin good right Robin. there. I like think we've I've also used we've also used in my life Robin. a million times. Yes, rock and roll. I'm just I'm just a hardcore kid. That's it. I'm not anything else. How you doing today? Rude. Um, <laughs> I'm alive. I'm here. Okay, that's a... at least I got here on time. Like like some other people did Speaking not. Speaking of which, we have uh, <laughs> minus the mustache, Justin. What's going on, buddy? I'm very tired this morning. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for making it happen. Uh, I do what I can. <laughs> very very punk rock of me yes. to be late. And that's what I said. I said it's it's like we're at band practice and you're the one that's always late. And exactly. don't you play bass? I, like this kind of goes hand in hand. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> bass is I'm right. not really needed. We're uh, like I'm just we're tolerated. like halfway through practice just without the bass and then practice goes <laughs> yeah. well. They but up. think of think of how good it's going to sound now. Right, right, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and, sure. and then joining us today is a new punk rock copper. Um, he's been on my show before. He has uh, talking experience through podcasting and such and such. Uh, we have from the great state of Indiana, Mister Ben. What's going on, man? Oh, the great state of Indiana, boy. Ho- home to all the great. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta do a quick. I gotta do a quick Google search on why Indiana doesn't suck. <laughs> Let me type that in. It's much like Ohio. We have corn. Well, if it makes you feel better, we do border Chicago, which is also a piece of shit. But at least, at least there's not, culture you know, there. At least yeah. You, yeah, at least you know what it is. True, true. Um, so for everyone who is not familiar, um, which might be most of the punk rock. Uh, audience i'm not sure punk rock cops audience ben used to co-host one of my favorite podcasts in the world the hey my man podcast with dave who is one of the og punk rock coppers so that's his little six degrees of separation so not the yeah 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 thanks for inviting me absolutely it's really good it's really good to talk to you guys yeah for sure um today we're going to talk about your experience at woodstock 99 uh, but we'll get to that in just a little bit Mm. i know when I was listening to Hey My Man, uh, you got you you and Dave talked about it a little bit, and then I just kind of brushed it off because Dave probably went on a diatribe about something. And then I saw that there's a documentary on Netflix called Trainwreck, and it was all about it. I was like, oh, I'm putting pieces of the puzzle together. And then I was like, this would be a cool conversation for punk rock cops, seeing as you are a cop, you have experienced this crazy endeavor. And I was like, why don't we talk about this? We have like a firsthand account of what happened. So here we are. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll fill in the parts I remember. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we go further into that, tell us about yourself as like you. Really? Who are you and, you know, what brings you, you know, like tell us about yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I feel like doing one of those Chris Farley's. I'm 43. <laughs> I am divorced. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so uh, I work for him. Uh, shit. Uh, yeah. Oh well, it's fine. I work. Um, I, I've been a cop for 12 years. I did 10 years on the street. The past two years, I am doing uh, crime scene uh, evidence work, and I'm the officer wellness and support officer, and I run the post team. So that's me as far as a and we're getting a party program started and um, yeah there's just a few things there's a few things I do there I try to do I came from the private sector uh, I didn't become a cop until I was thirty I took the road less traveled as we may get into but uh, I didn't become a cop until I was thirty so I worked so many uh, private sector jobs that I was always in fear of being fired because being a cop you can get fired but it's different there's you know unions and FOPs and whatnot. So my mantra has always been like, learn as as much as you can, get as many tools, you know, for lack of a less corny metaphor. That way, when they want to start downsizing, you're not the one that they start Mm -hmm. with. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I do over Mm -hmm. there. I just do a lot of different things. Uh, It's a little ambiguous, but but it's cool. It keeps me busy and it makes the career go by and it helps me not get burnt out, I think. Yeah, for sure. Other than that, other than that, yeah, I have, I have two kids, a 10 and a 12 year old. I have one of each. And uh, to steal Adam Carolla's joke, I never will say which one of them is my favorite, but she knows who she is. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. And I did the Hey My Man podcast for years. I really, really loved it. I went to broadcasting school uh, out of of high school. I took a year off and then I went to what was then called the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. Um, And so that was like my original, like, that was my original love. That's what I wanted to do. I've always been in love with radio shows and talk shows and podcasts and i mean, I literally just youtube and watch them and listen to old ones so when you called i haven't done the, uh, the hey my man podcast in geez i don't know a year or two now so when you called and you said you want to do a podcast i was like absolutely my girlfriend's really tired of hearing my bits <laughs> <laughs> well you even told me that Good like when you uh when you teach at the academy it's basically like your three-hour stand-up show right yeah yeah so i i do teach a couple times at the academy and they have me do a thing on like stress and law enforcement and the effects of stress and law enforcement and that that kind of thing and they i did mine right and it was three hours and i have a powerpoint but i absolutely uh hate powerpoints so i just they're up there just to remind me of stories to tell so i did it and then i they said can you fill in for this other guy who's got one that's similar to yours i said sure no problem it was a three-hour block and it's not that it was a bad PowerPoint, but it was very just scientific about the effects of the brain. And I was like, oh man, I can't just read this to them. That's going to be terrible. So uh, that's the day I was like texting you or messaging you. I I did three hours of essentially improv. I would say something to somebody and they would be like, oh, well, what do you think about, you know, they would just bring up some sort of thing. Oh, that's interesting story. And then we, I would just spitball for three hours. And I hope that they weren't too aware that it was happening, but but yeah, so I guess being off the cuff, like I have no notes or anything for today. Um, I just kind of work better that way. I'm like Jay-Z, man. I don't write this shit down. I just go in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <for sure. laughs> just freestyling it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's probably, I don't know if it's the best way, but it's. Well, in, in regards to training. So I just did a week long training of becoming a trainer at my agency or certified through the state for my agency. And it was miserable like literally just listening and it was via zoom so it wasn't even like in-person interactions and hearing the instructor just drone on and reading this powerpoint slides and just like i took many pictures of 
my class and we all looked like zombies. We all hated it. It was terrible. And then like it pissed me off because like she's going over these different like FTO guidelines and then someone from Montana that's never heard of a DOR or a SEG. She's like, uh, can you explain that in more detail? I'm like, no, don't do that. Let it go. So there's always someone that does that. Oh, it was especially when you're dismissed, you're about to be dismissed from the training. And they're like, they're like, anyone have any questions? And it's like silence for like 10, 15 seconds. And then someone raises their hand and they're like, well, actually, can you explain more about right. this? And you're like, oh it's my always God. the one either sure. guy or girl that's the in the lower left corner of the room. Cause I'm always in the back row because of reason. And you just want to throw a pen at her. Like, stop it. No. Or, or it's right before lunch. It's always right before lunch. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get stuck too in the, in off, off topic, but I find, I just find it extremely disrespectful to take someone's attention for a long period of time and not attempt to make that uh, time enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I'm like, you, you got my brain and my body hostage right now. You got to do something with it. You know what I mean? Like you have to, I'd rather like, I'd rather just say everyone go home mm-hmm. than do yeah. that. You know? Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely There's agree. Nothing- Nothing worse than death by PowerPoint, but then like having the instructor literally read what's on the, on the, uh, the slide. I'm just like, yeah, we can all read here. Just go ahead and. And it's on the handout, the packet they hand out. Yeah. Yeah. Like right there. Oh, that's a annual in-service training. Yeah. The policy, the the use of force policy says you cannot strike someone in the head with a baton. (laughs) Like, okay. How many. Oh, thanks. I didn't know that. Yeah. And what about like the police one training? Uh, do people still use oh, those? Yeah. Do, do the agencies still use those? Yeah, my agency does. It's torture. Yeah, we used to have to do their uh, <laughs> do their like five minute videos for like uh, in roll call. Mm-hmm. The sergeant would be like, "Oh yeah, we need you to watch this five minute video before you go out." I'm just like, "Why? Why? No one gives a fuck." Yeah. We just did in service for first aid and CPR. And it was, I mean, the video was at least updated. Usually they use the one that was made in 1982. And it's got like, uh-huh. you know, like Chuck Woolery is hosting it. Yeah. But it's still the same information. You call 911. You get the aid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It hasn't changed at all. And it was still terrible and droned on. And I, I was in, I was in a bad mood and I was low on sleep and I just did not want to be there. And I was like, I remember the best part of that entire thing was my dummy uh, had no legs. And I was like, I'm going to call him Lieutenant Dan, right? Cause Lieutenant <laughs> Dan, you got no legs and no one thought it was funny. I was like, this class sucks. I was like, if I'm going to do a bit, you have to at least humor me. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll always preface it with like, all right, this one's kind of dry, but you know, we got to, we're going to get through this. And I'm always like, what, but you're you're the one doing it. So what do you mean it's dry and it sucks? Like it's yours. You know what I mean? It's like it's like if you're about to it's like if you're about to go in bed with your partner and you go like, look, <laughs> I have a I have I have a lousy dick game, but here we are. So you know we're just gonna. So we'll just know, get ho- through it. Ho- ho- okay, yeah, we're gonna get through this. Yeah, let's just get through it. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is this is gonna be bad, and I have uh, the ability to change it, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're stuck with this. <laughs> Yeah. Well, here it is. <laughs> hey, want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm actually in two weeks taking instructor technique, so hopefully I will not be 
uh, one of those drones. I don't think I will. I don't think I have the capability of just like reading PowerPoints. That's always bothered me. And I'd much rather like have stories with each PowerPoint bulletin than read the PowerPoint verbatim. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't think you'll be bad, dude. I think you're entertaining. No, oh, thanks. I'm struggling now. I'm putting together uh, a training class for like, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, proactive patrol. Mm-hmm. Just so my some of my coworkers kind of know what to look for when they get out on the street because we got, we have a lot of young guys, and uh, I'm just like, man, I can't make this PowerPoint shitty. Mm-hmm. So I'll put like two or three or four words on each one, and same thing. I'll just be like, yeah, so here's this, and then I'll have like a video or a picture yeah. and be like, okay. It's so much easy to explain if, if they're sitting in a cruiser with me, but I refuse to train new people anymore. <laughs> I thought your class was going to be uh, what to know when you're ready to jump ship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. So uh, this guy came up to me. I went to the gas station the other day. I was pumping gas, and this guy's like, hey, got a question. I'm like, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, Mr. Citizen, what's up? And of course he gets close to my car and my dog goes freaking nuts. And uh he goes, Oh, um, are you guys hiring? I was like, Be honest with you, I said, I don't even know. I said, I'm sure we are, because every agency in America is hiring right now. I said, um, if you if you have any little bit of sense in that brain, you will never apply at our agency. <laughs> he goes, What do you mean? I was like, just go find somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. And you should be in charge of recruiting. Oh, it's like uh, at one sure. point, at one point, I wanted to be on uh-huh. the recruiting uh-huh. team. That's what the burnout does, man. I felt the exact same way at one point. I'm not I'm not burnout, dude. If you look, I am still the top producer at the department, not even on my shift at the department. I love the job. We just have some toxic administrators that make it miserable. That'll do it, too. Yeah, I, I pulled up That's the, the uh, that meme where it's just a skeleton. It was like, thanks, but reconsider. Like, hey, <laughs> is your job hiring? Thanks, but reconsider. I rem- Dude, I'll never forget this. I'm sorry. I'm uh, going off here. But uh, I remember when I was going in for my final interview. It was the day they gave me my conditional offer. I was sitting in the lobby. And I think there was, there was four or five of us. They got hired at the same time. And this deputy came out who has since retired and since been charged criminally for stuff. But he came out of one of the doors and he was like, what are you guys here for? Cause it was like, it also doubled as the jail lobby. Um, so he thought we were like weak or uh, people turning ourselves in or getting <laughs> fingerprinted or something. So I was like, yeah, the guy in the, in the people in the business suits are here to turn themselves in. Um <laughs> And we're like, oh, no, we're here for our final interview with uh, with the chief deputy. He goes, well, the door to get to leave is right back there behind you. Don't fucking do it. He goes, I'm telling you right now, I've been here 20 years. Don't fucking do it. I was like, man, what an asshole. So, of course, we, wow. go, through the, we go through interviews. And <laughs> now me being, um, you know, more than halfway through my career, I'm just like, man, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it now. Yeah. But... Yep, I de- Shane, if you're out there listening, I should have listened to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, I felt the same way at one point for both agencies. I was like, man, I want to be a recruiter. I want to do this. I want it. Now it's just like, let me, let me finish my 12 hours and go home. That's, that's it. Let me, let, let me, uh, the, the glimmer of hope in my eyes has dwindled uh, over, over the past years. Um, yeah. But it's not all bad, folks, because there is music to be listened to. There are shows to go to. Uh, before we get into Ben's big conversation about 1999, have you guys, Ben included, have you guys been to any shows recently, any concerts, any good uh, any good things to bring up before we bring up the nightmare from 1999? Uh, well, I went July 20th or 21st, I can't remember. Um, I went and saw H2O and Gorilla Biscuits nice. up in Denver, and that was amazing. Um, two of my favorite hardcore bands, and I got to finally see both of them because I never... I never got the chance to see him before when I was younger. And I was impressed. I mean, the energy was amazing. The venue was great. Um, I felt like I was 18 again. So, and then the uh, I part. took my, yeah. And I took my uh, 10 year old daughter and she had an amazing time. It was awesome. And there's a lot of kids there. And um, they bought, uh, they brought kids up on stage and they were like singing along these like little, you know, eight, nine, 10 year old kids and whatnot. And it's just, it was cool to see you have like young teenagers there and then you had like 50 year olds there, you know? Um, right on. So yeah, I loved it. It was, um, it was right before my mom passed away, but in it, really helped with like just having that like I felt like it was a great release with all the stress I was going through mm -hmm. and that's what you know being back like we're you know just something I loved as you know teenager and stuff like that you know it was very humid in there and there was like gross sweaty people and whatnot that's like my least favorite thing about going to shows <laughs> Is well, you that can't get, like, you can't go to a hardcore show without that? Right, exactly. Well, exactly, and that's what brought me back to being eighteen again. I was like, man, you're you're all up in that. <laughs> of course, I I paid I paid extra for the VIP seat, of course. So I had like a little table, and you know, my name was like on the Damn. table and stuff. I know. I Honestly, to be fair, um, I wasn't expecting to hear H2O and Gorilla Biscuits playing a venue that had VIP seating. So that's pretty, pretty crazy too. Did it well, come with? But they're old. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Did, did it you come with uh, the earplugs? Um, it didn't. I have my own. I so have I. like <laughs> I have like four sets of earplugs like in my purse at all times because my hearing is so shot from all yeah. the shows that I went to as a teenager. Mm -hmm. It just like completely shot my hearing, and so I was like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I'll be yeah. Deaf by the time my department puts us so. through this like full body physical once a year, and last year when we did it, and I knew about this, but they were like, hey, you've got some like hearing loss for like high or high um, frequencies and things like that. I was like, yeah, I know. They're like, what's it from? Like, were you a machine operator before this? I was like, no, nah, man, punk rock. And he's like, oh. Okay, well, <laughs> so like you, you might want to get like uh, this documented officially, so that way when like if you need hearing aids, the department will pay for it. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Sucks about needing hearing aids, but that's a good idea. Oh wow, yeah, 
because if I if I document it now, well, that's interesting. It could be an on the job injury. That's how they can. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, your oh. officers have been yammering at me for years in my ear. <laughs> right, <and> exactly. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like being a dispatcher, you're gonna like your hearing's gonna be shot just from like people screaming in your ear all the time. Let me tell you, we have uh in in our next to the dispatch center is our PD lobby, and there's an alarm that goes off twice a night. I don't know why, but it does. And for the longest time, I couldn't hear it. Like my supervisor would be like, "You gonna get that alarm?" I was like, "What alarm?" And then, like, it, it was a bad thing. I'm like, man, I really am deaf. It's really, it's, it gets alarming sometimes. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, You're right. Justin, what about you? Any concerts recently? Um, no, I haven't been to a show since before COVID. Damn. Um, when I saw Slayer and Primus. Okay. okay. Uh, get back on that, that horse, huge... man. I know. I know. Well, the thing is, it sucks, is I got to take care of the dog. Mm. Yeah. And if I leave for an extended period of time, that means it's the wife's responsibility and she just wants nothing to do with it. So it'll, he'll just sit in his, in his crate for hours on yeah. end. And then, you know, but yeah, before that, uh, gosh, I saw, um, it's been that long. That band awkward silence. Yeah. They're, they're, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. I went to a couple yeah, of local but- shows, but, yeah, I um, I I'll I'll do my part in just a bit, but I didn't go to any concerts since COVID, um, the whole time. And then in May, I went to a show. I, that's when I saw Gaslight Anthem in Fort Lauderdale, and it just like relit that fire in me. Like I was like, oh shit, I need to, yeah, I need to go. And Ticketmaster was doing this sale of tickets, and I just bought concert ticket after concert ticket. After, like it was bad. Like I spent a lot of money on concert tickets, which I'll t- I'll talk about in just a minute, but um. Yeah, it was definitely worth it for sure, for sure. Um, well, like it's hard when you have like you know responsibilities to like make it to shows. Yeah. Sometimes, like I always have to for my, I always have to look for a babysitter True, yeah. when mm-hmm. I go to shows. Yeah, um, or you know, my husband will have to stay home and I go by myself, and that's so lame. Mm-hmm. But I've done it. You know, I've gone to a show by myself just because like we didn't have someone to watch the kids or whatever so you just but i only go to shows that like i absolutely don't want to miss mm-hmm. like uh, with h2o and gorilla biscuits uh, coming to denver i was like i i must go right and i i made it happen thank god but it was on a thursday night it was on school mm-hmm. too which was like man. yeah for for me but, especially the ones that i went to over the summer a lot of it was like oh man these bands are getting, I think I said this last time, but like these bands are getting up there in age. I better go cross them off my bucket list before they break up or whatever it might be, which also, right. by the way, right. the last episode we were talking about descendants and you're, and I think Robin was like, Oh, Milo's still young. He's fine. And then he had a heart attack the day before I released the damn thing. <laughs> yes. But he's fine. But proving my point, sure go did. see your yeah. heroes before you can't like go, go do it. <laughs> exactly. Before they start, yeah, I think they're going back on tour. Like he, I he posted a video yesterday Mm -hmm. of him on a treadmill. I'm like, bro, should you be on a treadmill right now? But apparently he (laughs) is. Fuck my my heart. Apparently he's fine. I mean, that's that's the what they're saying. Good for your heart. The cardio is great for your health. Speaking of musicians and band members who are in the hospital and out of the hospital and still touring, Chad Gilbert. What the hell, man? He is a hero. Like he he's on stage yeah, he's, every night with goes, in between shows. Yeah, but in between like shows and tours, he goes to chemo. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's still fighting that that like uh, throat cancer, right? Is it, is it throat um, cancer? It's uh, something like that. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah cause uh, they had to take awesome. a break. They had to take a. Did they take a break in the tour leg just so he can go back and get uh, chemo? I think so. Or the, yeah, okay. And, like, yeah. He's, and got, he's got that big yeah that big chair yeah, on stage. So I was bring up that. Yeah, and he has like a little yeah. rascal going around and <laughs> they. Yeah. Uh, the closest they came to me was uh, Indianapolis, which is only like three, three and a half hours. Could have seen Ben. Um, yeah. But then it was like, uh, I don't know. I wanted to make it a destination. I remember t- we were yeah, texting yeah. in the group like, hey, let's let's go to California. And and you were just like, yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> just you let me down easy. I'll give you that. But yeah. Sorry, buddy. But then I I, I priced I priced it out, it, and it was great. like, eh, do I really want to pay two thousand dollars? I think a it was Riot Fest maybe last year when uh, Yellow Card oh, was coming. That's back, coming up. And my nephew was like, "Let's go!" Like Yellow Card's coming back. Let's go! And I'm like, "No, dude, I'm not spending that much money to go to Chicago and see Riot Fest." And sure enough, they ended up doing a, a U.S. tour anyway. So I was like, "Ha! Look, we didn't need to take a trip to Chicago just to see." Like, I think a destination <laughs> concert would be cool. Like what Robin was saying, like it is getting harder to go to shows and whatever. But because we're older and we make more money than we did when we were like in our teenagers, like, oh, we can we can go get an Airbnb and we don't have to drive eight hours to and from so that kind of makes concert going a little bit easier because like i can afford to stay where the show is yeah Yeah, i traveled for for shows like last year i went to philly man that's crazy yeah yeah it was awesome it was worth it for the crack i even went and like you know did a little uh museum tour so that was fun nice what for you today it was worth traveling for because their their shows are like exactly how it was like when they were you know 16 years old honestly they're like in their 50s and still like the energy is still there same with like gorilla biscuits and h2o they're just fun mm-hmm. they're like they love what they do so what uh did you go to the museum of philly cheesesteaks <laughs> is there one i i, I went and got a cheesesteak from um so we went to I don't even remember. You have to ask Molly because Molly went. But um, we went to the two famous cheesesteak places, like Gino's, and, and I don't Pats. remember what the other Pats one. And yeah, Pat's and Pat's. Oh, and Pat's. Yeah, and they're like catty corners yeah, from each yeah. other. So I think we went to. We only went to one, and it was it was good. It was just so like. It was too much for me. It was yeah, so it's, rich it's heavy, and, yeah. and gigantic. <laughs> and so I like, wasn't able to eat. Yeah, it was just... Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming. You couldn't take it all in, huh? But couldn't. Couldn't. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, yeah. And then I had a cannoli, which was amazing. Hey, Baba the Boopy. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of taking it all in ben um what uh what concert how, how, how dare you i never even looked at another guy <laughs> um what uh what concert have you been to recently if any uh i went and saw my man luda i saw um i saw ludicrous at the wisconsin state fair and it was great it was nice. awesome i felt like i was in high school i felt like i was That's like 22 sweet. again yeah it was yeah. just i mean i don't know it was short it was like maybe an hour and they even played like a Nirvana song at one point. It was odd, but 
just Whoa. when he did yeah well like he it was weird luda took like which a break. song I, which song did he do a teen spirit but he didn't do it so luda of took course. a break he was like he was like uh all right y'all like i'm gonna let my man do you or whatever <laughs> i walked away and then they played okay. songs they just played song a dj was like air it, air it in the lights out you know and uh <laughs> they just played like three or four songs but I, but i still was into it because i was like this is different you know and then he came back yeah. out and did uh a few more of his but it was just great like i i went with um my girlfriend heather and she likes luda and we just we were getting down like 19 year olds just like <laughs> awesome. just doing it and it was oh, it yeah. was so much fun we, I wanted to go to the fair with her because I had taken my kids, and uh, the only thing that makes something that cool not that cool is bringing your kids. <laughs> so I was like, I'm coming back here next week. <laughs> I, it's it's fun. Like if you want to like buy wristbands and complain about the heat and whose knees hurt and hey, there's eight thousand different. Ex- this place is that. this place is known for exotic <laughs> foods and weird deep fried every you know what i mean it's one of those like things yeah. where it's the weirder it is the fame more famous it is and my kids are like i'd like fries and cheese pizza and i'm like fuck this man like what am i doing so i took so i dropped them off at at some shelter and i went and i got her <laughs> shelter and, some yeah, well, shelter. The, the, the guy said it was a shelter i didn't vet him <laughs> and i came back the next week uh with her and so we ate all the things and did all the things and we saw Louis, and it was great and then a a week or two or three ago, I saw Manchester Orchestra and Jimmy World at a place oh, in the city. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of my absolute, um, at, at least current. I love know, Jimmy, top, top fives. Jimmy's World. They were both great, and there was a place called the Salt Shed, which is they took an old Morton Salt warehouse and they converted it into a venue, and it's just got a really cool vibe, and the sound was great, and uh, yeah, dude, it was crazy. I hadn't been to like a rock show in some time. And uh, I got like oddly emotional. It was it was odd. I hadn't seen Jimmy World. I, I swear to God, I did. I was like, "Fucking don't look at me, you're crying." Because like I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I, had, I, I had all these. I had That's all these awesome. old. I had like these strong feelings about so many of those songs, mm-hmm. and I think I just I had a rough couple of years, and I think I just needed that. Yeah. And it felt as good as I hoped yeah. it would, and even better. And I was yeah. just like, I was like, I was just like, I'm I'm so happy. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> it was right. really. It was really, really yes. great. Uh, and I have tickets to see Band of Horses when they come back. And uh, I'm going to see the Menzingers as well. You've seen the Menzingers? Oh, the Menzingers be good. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, I don't know if I bought them yet or I just saw. I know when they're coming. I, I won't miss them. Uh, it's one of my favorites, too. So, yeah. Well, the Menzingers is actually how you and I started vibing about music in the first place. Because you had mentioned them. Or, Dave, or maybe I sent one to Dave and he was like, oh, I don't like these guys. But Ben does. And I was like, cool. Going to Ben. They're so they're so good. I love them. They're I, like I remember. They're like sad, I remember Dave. He, I'm sorry. Uh, I remember Dave saying sometime last year is one of the best shows he's ever. He, he's grown into them. He didn't like them when I first brought him up to him. He's grown uh, into them. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Which okay. Like if you listen to their early stuff, like I'm talking like their first couple albums, they're kind of just cookie cutter pop punk. But what they are now, like I call it grown up pop punk, where they like kind of bluesy kind yeah. of like emotional but not whiny emo i really i really enjoy it a lot so um yeah they're, they're i dig them they're pretty good yeah, they're, yeah me too I, I i like i like how it's got the energy of punk pop but it's all got this like dusting of like sadness yeah. on top of it which i just yeah. i just dig oh, i yeah. just dig a lot that's like my vein you know what i mean i run off pure guilt and shame <laughs> and and that band just like fuels me you know i really, yeah, really like I, I definitely agree but with man you. band of horses is so emo 
they're like uh i mean i like band of horses especially like when i'm in just like i need to relax <laughs> like it's very relaxing listening to them but no i can't i catch the shade you're throwing <laughs> I like being a horses, but yeah. I it puts me to sleep. Like when I'm about to fall asleep, I'm like, let me put on some band of horses. Yeah. So For I can me, relax. that's the shins are built to spill. Like, let me go super mellow and just like drift off into <laughs> something. Uh, but what a, what yeah, a like spread though, space. dude! You got Luda, you got band of horses with Menzingers in between. Like that's a that's a good spread. Dude. Yeah. 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 That's one, you know, one of the things about, uh, you know, divorce is awful, but like I have this 50% of the time now and it's like, I work side jobs, but then I don't have to say like, is it cool if I go to this show? I just, I'm going to go if the schedule works out. So, so I've been, I've been getting a little bit of that stuff in, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm ready to, I'm ready. I'm back. Like when I was young, I'm going to go see them all. That's cool. Speaking of like going to see all the concerts you can, I, um, so I, I vibed with like a lot of the stuff that you guys said because I saw. So I said uh, Gaslight Anthem, who are very similar in this in the idea of the men singers. Like they have like the punk kind of yeah. vibe to it, but sadness and the blues and all that stuff that go with it. And then so the, yeah, they're bluesy. They very much are. And I never seen them live. They were, they were one of the bands that I'm like, ah, oh, they just broke up. They just got back together. They could break up again. Let me go see them. And then um, this summer, so in the same week, I got. Free tickets to go see Yellow Card. Uh, my brother-in-law had won them from a radio station. He's like, hey, come with me. So it was Yellow Card, Mayday Parade, Story of the Year, and uh, This Wildlife, which is like a newer emo band. And mm-hmm. I'm not – I prefer to go in the pit. I prefer to be sweaty and have people jumping on top of me. These were like in seats. Like they were like – this venue was next to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. And it was like owned by them. So it was very like big and clean and whatever, like um, fanatics, like the, the merch store ran, oh, yeah. ran the merch store for the band. So mm-hmm. that's like, gives you the vibe. And like, I paid $30 for a sandwich and a, and a drink. Like it was bad. Um, mm-hmm. But, but the, the, the yellow card show was absolutely amazing. They're from Jacksonville. So they, they sold out two nights in a row. And um, same thing. Like Ben said, there was a point in the show uh, they played, um, uh, life of a salesman which is the story about his dad and then he played uh believe which is their song about 9-11 and i was like it was probably the booze hitting me a little too hard but i was like oh my god i'm emotional <laughs> and i like ran down and I I, I I bought a t-shirt with uh be strong believe on it and i was like yeah man i need to and then the next night i went and saw less than jake um uh voodoo glow skulls and some band called Dan K and whatever, like some like indie ska band from Chicago. I I was really vibing their sound. And then out of nowhere, he's like, Hey, I just want to cut. Co- I want to clear a few things real quick. And he's like, you know, he starts going on his soapbox and he talks about like, you know, all love is good love, blah, blah, blah. And the last one he goes, and all cops are bastards. Fuck the pigs. And then he starts up his next song. He's like, Fucked it. Like you had me until that moment. Like there was no reason. And the dude's in like his forties. I'm like, how can you be forties and still say fuck the police? I don't get it. Um, but anyway, less than Jake, they were playing their 20 year, um, for hello rock view. And it was insane. And the same thing you were saying, Robin, about like people being from their twenties to their fifties and everywhere in between. And they even were like, Hey, uh, who, who here is 20 years old? Like who was 
born when we released this album and like they brought this one kid up his his name was jake and he was like i got named after your band and he got to like dance on stage for one of the songs oh, and, and which i guess is something that chris has been doing uh throughout the the tour is like they keep bringing mm-hmm. up kids and whatever just to embrace that and then like two nights later i went to see fallout boy and they were highly commercialized like it was not fun it was cool seeing some of it but i I sent you some pictures of it i think and it was like yeah you did like they put on a really good show but it was so like sterile and just like you can see that patrick really loves his music still like he is still all for it but pete is just so sold out and they they closed with saturday Mm -hmm. from take this to your grave which was cool no one knew it no one in the crowd knew it like it was it was very much a um you know from their when they came back on that kind of crowd was it funny you say that because uh or bring up fallout boy my daughter's been listening to this song whatever their new hit is Is it uh their version of we didn't start the fire that one yeah no it's it's not that Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Whatever their new hit, it I think it's on like a movie mm-hmm. soundtrack or a TV yeah, show yeah. or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, I heard her playing it on her Alexa in her room the other day. She was like, "Alexa, play whatever the song was." And of you know, Alexa reads it back, and she said, "Whatever the name of the song is by Fallout Boy." I was like, "Huh?" Because she's totally. <laughs> I mean, she she does not get my taste in music. Hey, buddy. Um. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this is like commercial trash. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we were in the truck the other day, in the other day in my truck the other day coming home from dinner, and I always um, was like, hey, what do you want to listen to? She's like, oh, I want to listen to this song by Fallout Boy. I was like, let's listen to some real Fallout Boy first. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Dad, yeah. this sucks. <laughs> I'm like, this is like this is real Fallout yeah, Boy. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I played. Tell Mick yeah. he just made my list of things to do, and I was just like, "This is the best <laughs> song yeah. ever." We um, I brought my girlfriend, I brought her daughter with us to the Fallout Boy show, and she was we were listening to them on the way in, and same thing, like one of the songs, like um, they had a song on B- Big Hero Six, and that came on, and she goes, "Oh, yes. I know this one." Oh yeah, and my my kids loved that yeah. one. Yeah, and I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, and they didn't play it. What, what is that uh, song? We can be immortal. Century. We can be heroes. <laughs> I mean, here's how I see Fallout I've seen Boy. It a time or two. I think that's David Bowie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're close. It's it's immortals. We can be immortals or whatever. But immortals. Immortals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been listening to that song over and over and over. Oh, like, you are not kidding. Months. So we got yeah, Jesus. David Bowie's and Fallout Boy and uh who did we have last year uh, or last week. <laughs> um <laughs> We were talking about Keith uh, Richards. Oh yeah, yeah, and, Keith Richards. And, uh, <laughs> Circle Keith, jerks. Keith, yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith Richards is the lead singer of Circle Jerks now. <laughs> um, but I, I think of Fallout Boy in like different segments. So like the new Fallout Boy, I don't call like I don't register them as Fallout Boy, but I can listen to them. They're not terrible. They're just not my cup of tea. Um, right. So it, it. Yeah, Patrick's voice is still still great. good, and he's still. A, good musician like he played piano and shit like I, I really appreciate patrick and like i just found out that he actually co-wrote uh one of yellow card songs that's my favorite by them so i was like oh i, I like patrick even more now um hmm. and then who else did i see i saw another show oh um the other like 
two weeks ago now, I saw The Offspring, Sum 41, and uh, Simple Plan uh, talk about yes. Poppy. And, um, but The Offspring, <laughs> but yeah. so same thing, Offspring was a headliner. And by the time they were playing the end of their set, people were gone. Like they didn't care. They were there for Simple Plan and they were out. And then, um, really? yeah, <laughs> but, but so we were outdoor venue the last song, whatever it was before the encore, the skies opened up and it just downpoured. And I was with my nephew who's 22 and like, we were on the lawn, there was no mosh pit and we're like, fuck it. We're wet. We're tired. We're cranky mosh pit. And so me and him just went. And then like this whole mosh pit joined on the lawn. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. And then the encore was like, you're going to go far kid. No. Yeah. You're going to go far kid. And um, self-esteem was the last one. And we just, we just threw down. Of course. Yeah. And it was, um, it was a good time. And I've got uh I've got like a bunch of shows that I want to go to coming up this fall. So the the vein is alive and well, let me tell you. This you mosh see? pit brought you brought to you by ten eight entertainment. <laughs> yes, yes. If you if you if you're in the central Florida region, come mosh with me, bro. Um <laughs> all right. So speaking of mosh pits that went crazy in a rainstorm, I think mosh pit. I think it's time to uh discuss Woodstock ninety nine. <laughs> Have good mosh That was my that was my favorite skit off of that album. I I got I pick it up, dude. Going to the big ragu show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, yo, you're good. So Woodstock '99 <laughs> happened July 22nd to 25th, 1999, in New York, upstate New York. Um, ben, I think a good lead into this was because you said what how old were you when this happened roughly 19 so you were is this like pre-broadcasting school yeah so i started broadcasting school several months after okay so what 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 was growing up for you like were you into punk rock growing up were you into like hardcore music or skateboarding or that kind of stuff what was your life leading up to this point so my story is a little a little it's not that cool. It's not that punk rock. So like, um, I was, I always felt like a poser because I've talked about it on the show before, but I was raised very, uh, religious, right? There was no punk rock really in my house. There was no music really in my house other than like those that were exalting the name of the Lord or whatever. So like it was, I literally, dude, I literally, when I was in fifth grade, I had heard oldies, Christian music and Michael Jackson. I don't know why that's just what I had heard. Right. Um, so I was very like sheltered to it all. And when I was in sixth grade, my friend Julie gave me a cassette tape of Appetite for Destruction. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was such a bit. And at that point, the album had been out for like three, four years. You know, I, I think just pre-use your illusion, right? And I remember going like, oh my God, dude. I was like a Catholic schoolgirl who like gets let loose <laughs> at like a fraternity house. I was just like, I'll take all of it. Give me all of it. So I, I went extra like with music. And then at that same time, grunge became big. Cause this is the same year that nevermind mm-hmm. drops. Right. So nevermind drops. And I was, I wasn't poor, but I never had any money. You know what I mean? Like we had a house, we weren't like on dirt floors, but it was like, but she, if you wanted anything, it wasn't like, Hey mom, dad, can you buy me this? It just, you weren't getting it. Right. So it worked out because grunge music was all about shitty clothes from the secondhand store and Chuck Taylor. So when kids had Jordans, I was Lannels. like, well, that's not an op- yeah, I was like, that's not an option. So I could go to the thrift store 
and I can afford $20 shoes. You know what I mean? Uh, so it worked out. So I was heavily, heavily influenced by grunge. I was never really into punk. Like I, my brother was, but I just, I liked it, but punk to me was well-known band. You know what I mean? Like green day or whatever. Like that was Nirvana. That was really as, as much as I got. Now it's funny because I was listening to a Bill Burr stand up the other day. He was talking about like people go like back in the day when there was slavery, they go like, I would have done something about it. He's like, no, you wouldn't. You would have done the same thing everything everybody else was doing. That's how I feel about that time. Like you are of your time, right? So, mm-hmm. so grunge and then new metal come out in a period where I am a, you know, formerly religious, angry white male. So this shit was tailor made for me. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's good music. I'm not saying I was a good person, but it was made for me. When I heard like. And it's so embarrassing to talk about bands like Corn and shit, like they were cool. But but that was I was their audience. They were like, "Are you young and white mm-hmm. and angry?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, yes." <laughs> so so I was all those check, things. Check, so check. I, yeah, yeah. So it's like I watch these Woodstock documentaries and I go, "Ugh, what a bunch of douchebags!" And I go, "Was I a douchebag?" And it's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I was. I think I was just doing what those around me were doing. I didn't have the hindsight right. that maybe some of you guys had to seek out better music." Um, although I make no apologies about grunge music, I, I still, Nirvana is one of my favorites, but like, yeah, I got really into this. That's why we're talking about Woodstock. It's apropos to that because I got really into this new metal shit cause it was loud and angry and that's what I wanted. So by the time Woodstock came around, I was like, yeah, dude, like, of course I want to do that. And I was just young and it was like, oh, you want to take your shirt off and run around and throw your fist and stuff? It's like, of course I do. Like that, of course, <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially having like a, a, a pseudo repressed childhood. I was like, I need to prove that I can get punched in the face a lot. So I would go out like, and Fight Club had just come oh, out, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> Fight Club had just come out, Train Spotting had come out. So, and this, oh, new yeah. metal, and this new metal thing is happening. So what does that translate to Ben? It translates to um, drugs and violence and crazy energy are, are awesome. You know what I mean? And so that became like, and I don't mean like hard or whatever, but, but you know what I mean? That was like, you know, again, it was just, are you into these things? And I was like, yeah, I'm into all of those things. And, and I think that's a young man's game. Right. And that's why I look back at it. Oh, and I yeah, just go, absolutely. Oh, it's that, that emoji with the guy with the hand <laughs> over his face. That's just <laughs> how I look at all this. Although I will say that Deftones just stood the test of time and they're still one of my all time favorites, uh, but all the rest of it, is yeah, objective awesome. is objectively trash yeah yeah so yeah so 99 comes along and me and my buddy uh faust were going and uh we just bought i don't know two they were like 250 dollars or whatever which is all of our money and we loaded up his shitty car and we drove to new york and just i remember going like a couple pair of clothes a camcorder and a few dollars so that was like our whole I, I, he had like a little pub tent that like we could both like spoon in like that was it you know what i mean it was it was, it was i was wildly unprepared and i had other friends from the region the chicago region that were going and this is kind of pre-cell phone really right so i uh mm-hmm. i had friends there never saw never saw them because mm-hmm. it's just like i don't know did you see the corn show did you go did you guys go see uh you know bush and whatever and it's like yeah we were there too so we're like at the same show um and you didn't well, see the there was also 220,000 people at the same place. So, I mean, that's, that's bigger than most yeah. cities. You know what I mean? Like most towns in America mm-hmm. have, don't have that population. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was absolute madness. And the crazy part about it too is that um, my buddy that I went with again underprepared like crazy, I lost him before the first show we saw. I think <laughs> like we we uh, we both made some bad decisions <laughs> in our in our in our in our uh, diets that day. And uh, we're running toward the stage because we're like, we're going to go see this band. And there was a big group of people. And he went left and I went right. And I didn't see him again until the next afternoon. It's like a real life hangover. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was was crazy. And I ended up, you know, um, trying a lot of things that weekend. (laughs) And so like, so like, it was this really odd feeling of like, I was exhilarated, but also I was surrounded. Like you said, there's 220,000 people and I'd never felt more lonely. Cause I'm like, I don't know any of these people. And I was mm-hmm. not in my, not in a proper state of mind. So it was really odd. I, <laughs> I remember I would like walk up to groups of people. Cause it wasn't all shit, right? Like during the, there's like stuff during the day where there's just other things happening. There's like drum circles and just uh, everyone had their dicks out <laughs> and we're like running around. <laughs> and uh, I remember like trying to start conversations with people. Because I was like, I'm by myself. This is supposed to be a great time. I would like walk up to a group of people and I would be like, it was like that scene in Dumb and Dumber when he gets out of 7-Eleven. He's like, big gulps, huh? And he goes, well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like walk up and I'd be like, oh man, like you have your body painted and, and, you, and your dick is the, the nose of the face that's painted. That's interesting. Because that really, that, that did really happen. But people would have like body paint and they would use their body parts for like, you know, whatever. And I remember like, I would walk over, like make, <laughs> I would make like small talk and they'd be like, yeah, it's cool, man. And then like, after you're talking about partying, like I just would run out of material. <laughs> and for a guy, for a guy who prides himself on being good, like off the cuff, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, uh, you guys, did you guys see the music earlier? Oh man, me too. All right. Well, take it easy. <laughs> it was so strange. It hey, do you so guys strange. like partying? Yeah, all two hundred thousand people like partying, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the equivalent of talking about the weather. It's like, boy, a lot of people here, huh? Okay, is it is it hot for you too? It's hot for you. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Is that yeah. supposed to be we an elephant? Smell. That's, okay, that's crazy. <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. Yeah, but I I, I do remember, I, you know, at the time, like I was really into the corn and all them. And I was seeing like my favorite bands do this huge show. And like, I was way into it and you're still part of a group, but it was odd that it was like by myself. And we, I didn't see him until the next afternoon. I was like, dude, where'd you go? He's like, where'd you go? And of course I couldn't find the tent. Of course. <laughs> so at the end of the night, like there's, there, there was no stopping ever. Cause there was raves all night. There's shows all day and raves all night. And, uh, yeah, I'm just like wandering around this huge, like army boots <laughs> or whatever, just looking for, things to look at i mean it's great people watching you know but i was like trying to find the tent and it just that took me like a day you know just walking you were around just it like really, a, a, it was really an really inebriated crazy. nomad you were just going around looking at all the dicks and <laughs> trying to find your tent. yeah 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 it really i really was i really was and and i watch these documentaries now and i just go like fred durst just is the most unlikable person you know what i mean i feel like him and kid rock together him and kid rock together just so unlikable and like and i go like oh my god these guys were like the ringleaders of what was happening like it's so crazy so i feel a lot of shame of of being into although to be fair like yeah i enjoyed that stuff but i was never like 
Fred Durst is cool. Yeah. I never thought that. You know what I mean? Even as you, a young You didn't have a backwards like, red to your Yankees hat? I did oh, No. No, uh, he seemed like he seemed like a dick even then. Yeah, for sure. He uh well I don't even know about him. I, I think he made a comeback or like Link Limp Biscuit made a comeback recently where like they started putting out music again or something, but they totally I mean they abandoned new metal like everyone else had, but I think they're still like making music or attempting to, but I don't think I remember playing like maybe two years ago, uh, break stuff for my nephew. And he's like, what the hell is this shit? I'm like, this was tough music back in the day. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wasn't Fred yeah. Durst on like, so, a pistachios yeah. commercial or something like that recently? Was it a pistachios <laughs> commercial? I, it was something stupid. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Eating a healthy snack. <laughs> Good omega threes. <laughs> I hate his voice. Like yeah, he would always like his voice would always go high. It'd be like, but again, like at that time, I I, okay, I, I wasn't I wasn't seeking out. Like I still I always loved like Black Sabbath and you know I liked classic rock to to an extent and I appreciated a lot of different kinds of music. But just that's where I was. I was I had extra energy. I was young. I was angry, and so it was like. It just made sense at the time. I was of my time. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like, I think if you yeah. asked me, if you asked me then, like, which band's better, this or like, you know, just like Fugazi or something, I, I would be like, well, yeah, the one's way better. I just, I, I need this one at this moment. Mm. You know you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so, because it's so subjective. Sure. That's still how That's I feel it. like about a band like, uh, like a band like Deftones. Like, I understand that like, they're not, the best like technically band but they make me feel something that no other band does and so it's like we were talking about band of horses earlier like yeah some of it's slow and whatever but it just hits me in a certain spot and it makes mm-hmm. me feel and that's all i ask of any art is just make me feel something it's all i ask of any people or anyone around me and so at that time i needed that and it's super embarrassing and i watch these things mm-hmm. now and i just go like ugh. But it's like you know you could do that with fashion or whatever, unless uh-huh. like like when I was, like, mm-hmm. like when I did when I did the podcast with Dave, Dave was just like he's always liked punk rock and he's sure about it and it's the best and he's right, and I'm not even <laughs> saying I'm not saying he's wrong, but it's just like there's he won't have to have he won't have to look back at any shame because he's he's never he's I won't I won't say he's not grown of course he's grown but like if you don't change at all musically then you can like stick to your guns I. Mm-hmm. I really, I really liked watching Alanis Morissette at uh, Woodstock, just because I just, I'm whatever, dude. I just thought she was great. I think Dave Matthews was there. There was all kinds of different stuff, so it wasn't just douchebaggery, you know. Right in the yeah, in sure. the uh, documentaries you were talking about, I've only seen like two episodes of one of them, but they definitely painted it as like frat boy central. You just see like all these douches with their, you know cargo shorts on no shirt fucking um the the shale what is it, like the necklaces with like the rocks on them just going oh god yeah 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 they would have those uh-huh. and, you know, um they basically made it sound like it was just like a haven for debauchery and like basically sodom and gomorrah yeah it was two, you know and oh it was yeah yeah no it was for sure but look like who like look at pop culture at that time you know what i mean you had like boy bands and yeah. you had and you had new metal mm-hmm. And you had your outliers, like, you know, Cheryl Crow, uh, you know, Jewel, whatever. But, like, that's who was – American Pie was a huge movie, right? Like, that's True, what yeah, pe- – yeah. that's, that's – I mean, you can say what you want, but that's what people wore then. You know what I mean? And that's what 
that's why they dressed the way they did in 69. That's why you didn't see as many hippies at this one. It's just not what people were doing. You know what I mean? So there was no love. There was no peace love. Like, look who headlined the show. Mm-hmm. It was all like these big, angry metal acts. So who the fuck do you think you're going to get? Mm-hmm. Like, who do you think is going to go to a, a corn Limp Bizkit Kid Rock show? You know what I mean? You're, <laughs> you're not going to get non-douchebags because that's your market. Yeah. It's the yeah, target I know. market there. For sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, for sure. The mm-hmm. the In the documentary I watched, they tried. They, they said that they wanted it to be Woodstock 69 again. Like, they wanted peace, love, and everything. But mm. then they booked all these, you know new metal yeah. bands and they like didn't the, want that they wanted no, to make money. that's what they said at least yeah for sure and they um like the first act the first act that went on was james brown which just doesn't set the tone for the rest of the thing yeah um i remember seeing him you saw james brown yeah yeah because they that's really awesome. only had, they had like one big main stage there might have been other stuff happening but all the you know even remotely big acts were on that stage and i remember seeing the walk out with the guy with the cape and stuff and just going like this is wild that may have been that might have been before i lost my buddy i'm not sure yeah and then they did have like jewel they had cheryl crow on and and you could just tell that like that was not the crowd that they were right that was there right. and like even like bush i remember seeing that part where like they w- was bush after corn or was corn after yes. bush yeah, corn played, and then it was just like you know pandemonium, and everyone's just like in this like like angry post coitus thing, <laughs> and then and then Bush comes out and kind of smooth things over, like hey, remember we can like just do rock without you know with less douchebaggery, and everyone's swooning over Gavin Rousdale, you know, and so they they did kind of uh, fix it a little bit. Okay, uh, see, and in the documentary, it seemed like no, it was just terrible, and people didn't didn't. No, I mean it was you know it's it's uh, it's hard to. When you have Corn's audience, who's going to go after Corn? Like, who are you going to want? You know what I mean? Right. Again, right. like I keep using these stupid like sexual metaphors, but it's like you just, you know what I mean? You just, you just, you just were in bed with Jessica Alba. Anyone that comes after is going to be like, all right, it's okay, but you just, <laughs> just had exactly what I wanted, so you know. <laughs> true. Very true. I'll stick around for it, but it's not. You know, I'm done. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so the first day obviously was was whatever getting lost with your buddy and, and making yeah. odd small talk with naked people. And then <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. And then there uh, you said there were raves overnight. Like what 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 was that like? Did you end up going to them or were you just constantly going amongst uh the crowds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I wasn't like enjoying them. Like I didn't know. I mean it was cool, but I it was it was strictly like airport like people watching. Like I was just walking around and going like whoa that's crazy. And there was just so many, you know, weird things. But you know, especially like with their, they, the documentary got it right about the, like the tension in the air. And especially when you add like drugs or, you know, just ever, well, exactly drugs, like everyone's on them. And so it's in the air and there's just a tension. Uh, if I had been like with a group of my friends at that, maybe it would have been like, you know, we could dance or just do whatever when in Rome. Uh, but it was all like, I'm keeping my reactionary distance. You know, the entire, you know what I mean? I'm not even a copy up, but I'm like, I'm too close. Like, it was just very, it was, I remember it being very, very uh, tense and weird. Yeah. And plus, like, I was like, I don't know where I'm sleeping. At one point, uh, I did try to sleep under a truck. I remember that. I could not find my tent and I was just, you know, wasted and tired. And I was like, I have to just close my eyes somewhere. And I'm walking around because there's like tents and cars are like next to each other, you know, in these big fields. And I was like, this looks as good as any. And so I laid down <laughs> under a truck 
And I knew that truck wasn't going anywhere for a couple of days, or at least I bet on it. And I was like, I just laid on because I didn't want someone to walk by me sleeping and like rob me or, or kill me or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to hide on this truck and try to sleep. Not my proudest moment. I think I tried for like 30 minutes and I was like, no, we're going to keep zombie walking around. So we did that for a while. And I eventually found him, I think the next day, I found the tent and he was in it. Like, hey, man, like, where'd you go? <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't remember. I guess it was three. Was it three days or two? Days? It was three, three days. days, but the third day basically didn't happen because of how crazy the second night got. I think. Okay, right. That makes sense. Why I thought it was two because the second day, when I talk about the weird tension in the air, oh my god, dude! It was. It was. It was like. Uh, I mean, the whole place was was like that all the time. But you remember in Pinocchio, where all those bad kids go to like Pleasure mm-hmm. Island. It was just like that. You know what I mean? I was waiting for like donkey tails to start sprouting out and stuff. And um, like Lord of the Flies know. about to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that. But you got to keep in mind too, like I'm for it at that time. I'm like, whatever yeah, happens, sure. like it's fine. Like I'm really, really okay with watching it burn and it ended up did burn. And I did watch it. <laughs> and it was just really strange. And I lost my friend again. I didn't have him. <laughs> uh, I don't know where. The fuck you, I, you guys yeah, failed yeah, the buddy yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, we were not good at it. Well, he's crazy, and I was crazy at the time. But I remember, um, I do remember when everything started getting set on fire, and it was like, oh, you know, I've been to a lot of shows at that point, so like, I was okay with chaos. And uh, like, people talk about, uh, you know, when they watch it from a documentary point of view, they make it seem like um, some people were for it, and a lot of people were like worried or whatever. It, it felt like everyone was for it where I was at. And and as and as odd as it is, even though there's like troops with sticks and everything's on fire and blah blah, I never felt threatened at that time ever. I was like, it's just like a bunch of craziness happening. I saw so, people. Uh, I saw speaker towers fall. Might uh-huh. have fallen on a on a guy. Might have fallen on a dude. I don't know. But so I t- take like, it a step back though. What happened before everything fell on fire? Um. Yeah, it's so crazy, man. Because I like I always tell the story of going, and I'm actually. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I'll, I, I'm not going to say everything, right? Because it's just not a good idea to. Statue of um, limitations? Yeah, yeah, just a bad look, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 my memory's not great of it. But I just remember, like, I, I do look back a lot, on a lot of it, like, regrettably. Like, I just go, mm. like, that could have been a better experience. You know what I mean? I screwed up in a lot of ways. Because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was young and crazy, and so I just would go really hard in the paint, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in. Let's go. And so, um, yeah, so I kind of like, I was kind of over my skis a little bit uh, as far as like my participation and, and things. And so it, it ruined the experience for me a little bit. But I, I remember this, I, so I guess the second day when everything went crazy, God, was it really only two? Holy moly. Um, <laughs> I remember it was, it was just so like, they were not prepared. Like mm-hmm. that place, that place did not, now I come from like the humble beginnings and I was stupid. So I didn't need much. I just needed like a, a truck to sleep under or whatever. Like I didn't need anything, but I, I like, I don't know how I, um, I think we brought like some granola bars or something. Like I, I remember not having a lot of money and I remember water, which doesn't sound that crazy now, but I remember water being $5 mm-hmm. and just going like, Holy shit, man, a $5 water. Like I had like a hundred bucks for the weekend or whatever. And, uh, we spent most of it on beer and other stuff. And I was just like, man, uh, it was really expensive. So I remember, and the, the porta potties were so bad. Everything was so oh. dirty, and everything was so dirty and hot and gross. And I had a good time, 
But it's like, man, dude, eventually you do have to use the bathroom and eventually you do have to have like somewhere semi-safe to be. And I didn't feel like I had that like at all. Mm. Uh, yeah, dude, dude the, I, that's one thing I do remember is the porta-potties were just by day two and everybody was trashing things. We talk about like the spirit of it, like not being there. You know, everyone was just, I guess the place didn't do anything to earn respect, but everything was just so disrespected. Like everything that was, I mean, from the, from the, from the, like the food to the people, to the outhouses, it was just all like, you know, it was just crazy. It was, it was like your, your, everyone's collective foot was, was mashed down on the accelerator. And so it was just really, really, uh, really wild. And I remember being hot and being pissed about being broke and not being able to afford like any kind of provisions. Yeah. Um, and I think that that had a lot to do with that and just the, the, the feel of the crowd and the music, but like chili peppers, is when everything got crazy, right? Um, people started setting stuff on fire, and then I, I'm pretty sure, if memory recalls, or if my memory's good, uh, they played Come On Baby, Light My Fire. Mm. And it was like, they were telling us, like, yeah, do that, go ahead and do that. So, so that happened, you know what I mean? But I think it was just, I think day three just didn't end up happening because everyone was just, it was, there was no respect like for the place. Right. So mm -hmm. it just couldn't sustain it. Like I would say like, can you imagine how bad day five would have been or whatever, but it just, it didn't, it didn't even make it. Oh, I yeah. have the thing on in the background. They're talking about like jewel going on mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. just like that. It's a hostile crowd for that, you know? Yeah. So I pulled up, I found this while we, um, <laughs> when I was planning this episode and this is Woodstock 99 by the numbers. I'm going to read some of it. So $4, was the cost of a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, bag of potato chips, or peanuts. That's how much that cost. $4 for any of those things. Um, this is 99 dude. So a water at a gas station is maybe a dollar? Right, if that. Uh, yeah. $157 to $180 for ticket prices. $157 for pre-sale, $180 for at the gate. $22,000 was the amount of money taken from ATMs on the site. Uh, $73,000 is the money that 11 nonprofits made working at the food booths. Uh, $78,000 is the total spent on grass seed and fertilizer to replace the muddy mosh pit. Uh, $250,000 yeah. was what the host ended up paying to the city of Rome, New York, where it was hosted, um, basically in perpetuity of everything that happened. $2 million was the amount the promoters said they spent in community in the community with local contractors. Uh, I wonder if that's actual. Um, it took three weeks to clean up after this concert. There was six miles of wall that was established before the, um, the show to keep the basically for crowd control. Yeah. Those, um, those paint, those painted walls, like they had art on all of them. Cause yes, to make, to make them look better. You know, which is a good idea in theory. In theory. Um, I've, got, I've got some big numbers, but I'm going to go through a little bit other ones first. We already said about 222,000 people, um, as much as 225,000 people. Per day, right? J just for the total thing, for the okay. three-day festival. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think 12, just, most people bought like the whole, you know, yeah. the whole. Yeah. Uh, 12 state troopers and supervisors who were demoted or suspended for posing in photos with topless women or having their patrol car washed by a naked woman. Whoa. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's Yeah. That's a bad, that's that's a bad thing. <laughs> bad luck. Uh, 42 
people were arrested. Um, three wow. deaths. That's all. Um, three deaths. Three deaths. Five hundred. I'm pretty sure I saw at least one. How did they die? Um, one was heat exhaustion. <laughs> thing. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, maybe uh, I got in die. Maybe that's why. I let's see. Maybe On like, Friday, a 44-year-old man yeah. died of heat exhaustion. On mm. Saturday, a 24-year-old collapsed during uh, Metallica's performance uh, from a seizure and a drug overdose. And then oh. uh, a 28-year-old woman was struck and killed by a speeding car while she was walking along an access road to leave the concert. So nothing from the speaker. Uh, man, well, isn't, that, isn't that crazy that... Um... Like all the, I mean, like if you watch this documentary, you'll see in the first 10 minutes, like it looks like Bosnia. It's crazy that nobody else died. Like that's there, unbelievable to me. There were 3,600 mm. portable toilets on the ground, 3,100 security guards, <laughs> 40,000 is the number of average population in Rome, New York at the time. So they were well above what they were used to. Tripled. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's just some well, of the numbers. What did they um, have to eat for you guys at the at the concert? Oh, I've I have no idea. I don't remember buying any food at all. Um, I'm sure it was like the normal wear, like pizza, yeah, hot dogs or whatever. yeah. Pret- I remember pretzels. I remember during like the I guess you call it riot or whatever. Um, I remember that the vendors shit was just open, so people were running out with bags of like uncooked pretzels, you know, and stuff like that, and they're just everywhere, and I probably ate during that time. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was, and it was like all the, and, and again, like, I'm, it's my own fault to not bring enough money, but I remember, you know, if shirts are like $30 at a time or $50, that's a ton, and so at the end of the show, it was like, well, how many shirts do you want? Like, just take whatever, you know, scrap whatever you want. And when I, when I say, like, all the vendors' things were open, I mean, all of them were open. Like, there was no, there was no Koreans on rooftops protecting the shops. It was just, like, <laughs> go get whatever you want. You know what I mean? Shout, shout out to the, uh, wow. shout, out, shout out to the LA riots. But yeah, it was just, it was, it was just wild. And I, as a matter of fact, um, and this is like what, it, like a, <laughs> this is what, like, a church boy I am. It's, I've already admitted to a ton of terrible behavior, but like people were breaking into ATMs and I was just like, Oh, don't do that. And then I feel like now, like years later, I'm like, I don't know, dude, you're in an ATM, but it still felt like, all right, dude, like we're going, we're going crazy. We're breaking things. I wasn't breaking things. I was just watching, but I was like, it's madness. But I, I don't know, like this, this, for some reason I say they were open, but I didn't participate in any of this. And I'll admit to a lot of wrongdoing, but I didn't steal anything. Uh, I saw people in ATMs. I saw people grabbing. I didn't take anything because I was just like, I don't know. Again, like it was like the Pinocchio thing. I like felt like Pinocchio. Like all the kids are going bad, and I was like, but I'm not. Like I'm just watching. I'm just here. You know what I mean? And I'm sure a lot of other a lot of other people were like that as well. As a matter of fact, like my my buddy ended up with a lot of things right on the on the drive back. It was dude. It was, it was so. It was so. Oh, it was so. It was so curb your enthusiasm. It was so. It was so Seinfeld. When you're driving home and you're both and you're both poor and you've kind of allotted for the expenses to get home for gas and stuff, and one of your buddies now has like a lot of things because he participated. <laughs> I was like, I was, dude, I, it was so Seinfeld. I was like, we're stopping for gas, and he's like, all right, yeah, it's like 30, 30 bucks or whatever, like fifteen. I'm going, yeah, like you want you want Mike, you want me to split this tank of gas? You were inside an ATM machine. We're splitting gas. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was 
I was like, we how about severely you... improved our predicament here? Yeah, dude. <laughs> hey, you got 40 pretzels and 18 corn shirts. Why are we splitting gas? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> right. I was so offended by that. I was like, are you serious? Anyways, um, yeah, but it, so I wasn't into like the uh, – I like the violence of the shows and everything, but like I wasn't into like any of the real violence. I don't want to break anything. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, I – told you like it was weird like trying to meet people walking around i was standing on top of this like hill whatever like an area and i'm watching all this stuff burn and i'm just going like holy smokes this is crazy this girl walks up and she's looking at it just going like holy smokes this is crazy and i was like weird right she's like yeah right and i got like a buddy i had like that's how i finally looked because i again i had lost my friend again so it was like that. You remember? You remember in Empire Strikes Back when they're all on that ship at the very end after Luke gets his hand chopped off and they're just like standing there, kind of like hugging, watching it. That's what it was like. There was me and this girl I didn't know from Eve, and we're just standing there, just watching it, like pretty wild, right? She's like, "Wow!" I was like, "But it's kind of cool, right?" She's like, "Yeah, it's kind of cool." We ended up just we ended up just walking around, not participating in any of the chaos, but just sort of like in a George Carlin, like I'm not a part of this, like I don't care the outcome. So just walking yeah. around, yeah, and end up like making a friend uh, that, <laughs> during the riots. Was, I couldn't do it during all the fun, but once it was burning and people like were like getting smashed, I was like, ah, that's I cool. feel like this whole conversation is just like grounds for Judd Apatow to make a movie, like based on your experience, and it would just include you losing your friend, awkward small talk, <laughs> hiding <laughs> under trucks, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, if you're listening, because I'm sure you probably listen to Punk Rock Ops all the time, hit me up, let's make this movie. Yeah. Well, it would be a cool, you could make it into like a rom-com or just a coming of age story or whatever. Like that, that is what, that is what it felt like. Um, It would, the, the crazy part is like, okay, after the riots, everyone didn't stay up all night, right? Like Flea comes out naked, they do the thing, everything burns, everybody takes stuff. But then, like, when it's done, um, you know, it's that awkward idiot pause thing. Like, you know, like, when you go to, like, back in the day, it was a new metal show where every band had the same formula. It gets real quiet and it builds up. And you're waiting for the big part where everybody clashes into each other. Well, after the oh, last yeah. time, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every corn song, Limp Bizkit, they there was formulaic, right? You build it up, <laughs> you, re- you repeat yourself, and then, and then you do that thing. Well, it was, like, after the last one of those, which is, like, the big, um, what do you call it, riot, just chaos. Um People had to like go back to their tents and like go to sleep or just chill. That's the weirdest part to me. There was like this weird like collective refractory period, you know, where everyone's just like, ah, we just came everywhere. And uh, sorry for that. I, I, I keep doing the weird sex metaphor. But like, but like, that's done. And so then it's very much that like big gulps, huh? Well, like so everything's burning. And, uh, what now? Okay. We go back to the, go back yeah. to the tent and I, I did go, find it. Let's go to sleep. Yeah, I did find the tent that night. Oh, that's and good. Eventually, I was, yeah, <laughs> eventually. Yeah, I slept in that tent once in like three days. It's like Al Pacino in heat. Instead of where's the van, where's the tent? Yeah, where's the fucking tent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really, really, really crazy, man. It was it was really crazy. And watching these documentaries, I mean, this, what, they took like 20 years to make or something. Yeah. So I had like stored all this away in, in the banks. Like I said, I wasn't sure if that guy died. Um, I, I know I saw people were climbing speaker stands and they were falling and some people were on them when they fell. 
And, uh, you know, it was the, uh, like the sound booth or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause at a big venue, you have the stage and then a sea of people and then the tower, you know, where the, mm-hmm. they control the lights and all that, like that stuff was all falling. And I thought for sure, maybe somebody, maybe, maybe, maybe my, uh, my Wikipedia lied to me, which is very possible. No, no, no. I don't think I witnessed a murder. Cause I, or a death. <laughs> I, I feel like that would have stopped, but I, I do remember people falling and being like, very layer David, like, oh, I don't know if that guy made it. And then just. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not because I was apathetic. It, it, it was just too much going on. Yeah. The early so days I just, of fuck around and find out. Seriously. Seriously. So I just yeah. want to compare this to something that's rather recent. Uh, do you guys remember a few years ago in, I think it was Texas, Travis Scott had that big Astroworld um, festival? And yeah. like there was that the the, mm-hmm. the crowd basically like stormed the stage and there was a trampling and a bunch of people died. So mm-hmm. fifty thousand people were involved in that. So compare that to what Woodstock, Live Nation, Apple Inc. or Apple and Travis Scott were sued two billion dollars by people involved in that. Jesus. I don't know. I don't know if there were any lawsuits for Woodstock '99. I'm sure there probably were, but like fifty thousand people versus two hundred thousand people. $50 billion, or what was it? Uh, $2 billion, excuse me. $2 billion, that's insane. That's insane. So what I'm saying yeah. is, Ben, you yeah. should uh, call a lawyer. <laughs> call yeah, uh, right. Woodstock 99 and be like, you know, it's my money and I need it now. I just want Go. my half of the ATM money. I know I didn't do it, but I just want him to pay for it. I want that <laughs> I want that gas money back. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. You still made you pay after all that? For that gas. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I would have been like, can you at least buy me a honey bun or something? Like, God dang. Yeah, crazy story about that is that guy later lent somebody money. He was like a local, like tough guy, right? Not my buddy, the other guy. And then the guy eventually was like, "I'm not paying you back. I know how you got that money. I'm just not doing it." He's like, "You didn't earn it." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, this is, there's no honor amongst these." Karma. Yeah, he's just like, "Yeah, Parma, you man. I, I know you stole it, so I'm stealing yours, and that's just what we're doing." That's <laughs> I was crazy. like, "All right, cool." <laughs> like, well, you guys, you, you guys yeah, are great. You guys have worked like festivals or something. Like we have something up here called Festival of the Lakes. And I think maybe it gets 50, 30,000 people. I don't know. Um, But it feels like a lot because in the crowd, there's 10 of us working like in in the crowd part or, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 overall, but in that area. Um, So that is the the wild thing that I'm more aware of now and, and with perspective is like, imagine you're like the guy that's bringing a fire truck to put out these fires. Like, where are you going to, how? Yeah. Like, yeah. who's going to, who's going to move out of your way? Who's going to make them move out of your way? Even if they were compliant, who's going to do it? You know what I mean? So it was, uh, yeah, just super wild, man. Just super wild. They keep showing pictures of Flea and his dick, by the way. Yeah. So if you um, watch this documentary, you're going to see it a lot. <laughs> I, I was yeah. asked. I asked my the the people that follow us on Punk Rock Cops, and I said like, "Do you have any questions for Ben?" And they didn't really. A lot of them were like, "Holy crap, you survived that nonsense!" Um, <laughs> but one was asking about Flea's dick, so I'm glad you brought that up too. Yeah, nice piece on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a dick. Whatever. I mean, you got to figure it, if you're gonna walk around with your dick out, it's got to be at least decent. Well, yeah, it's like it's like when you, you wear think. shoes and skins. The guys who want to play shirts and skins are always the dudes that are fit. The guys <laughs> right. are like, yeah, we should like take our shirts off. It's like, well, of course you want to take your shirt off. You know what I mean? Right. That's like you, every, everybody went to high school with like a couple guys who pulled their wangs out all the time. I don't know, Robin, if that's true for you. Maybe they didn't do it around you. But like, <laughs> like there's always like that couple of guys who are known for doing it. And there's a couple guys who you know would never do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that. Yeah, people only, people only pull their wang out if they're cool with it, in right, my experience. Right. <laughs> I, I i don't i don't have much experience with random dick pulling outs but uh see that means you're average it's fine dude you're good yeah yeah, yeah. that's fine <laughs> it's, it's, we all live with it it's, it's my half, it's, it's my it's half fine. asian part okay i know a guy i know a guy who used to like i know a guy who used to go up to people that were at the water fountain and they like push the button to get the water out of school and he would like put his d in their hand <laughs> and I was like, that's because he's got a nice piece. He, he's he's mm. confident enough to whip that sucker out at all times. You know what I mean? Oh my god. That's the guy that's it, the guy who always does it. There, we had a when I played uh I know this is very unpunk punk rock of me, but I played baseball <laughs> in high school. That's and, unpunk rock? And uh I was on this like summer I forget what they called it, American Legion team, and we were staying at a hotel and like the whole team is in the in the hotel pool, and my buddy Chris, who I'm still friends with to this day, um, is, and there's like other families and stuff in here too. It's not so imagine being a family at a hotel and like a whole baseball team walks in, right? High school baseball team, yeah. Yeah, and now we're in the pool and there's families around, and my buddy Chris just whips out the piece and starts helicoptering it right on the side of the pool, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then dives in naked. I was like. Number one, that thing is fucking huge. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you, sir. Yeah, that's why he did it. That's why he did like, it. Uh, but there's like little kids over there, dude. Like, you know, when you're 16 years old and right. you're trying to reason with the guy yeah. who pulled out his dick. Yep. Um, and I was like, dude, yeah, there's like six-year-olds over there. He's like, yeah, they, they, they got to learn sometime. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, going there's, to there's, my room. There's a female equivalent. Like the girls, the girls are small boobs and rarely have nip slips. It's like, you know, it just doesn't. Oh, so I, the odds are it just doesn't happen. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're equals, you know? There's yeah. always, there's always girls. Yeah. Like the ones that didn't mind like changing in front of you, like just to show off their, their boobs. You're like, oh, well, yeah, they don't you. Mind cause, yeah, they don't mind. Cause they got each boobs. That's just how it yeah. is. Yeah. I got I mean, it's, it's lock curtains. Trying to see the that's true, boobs. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like the guy who always goes, Let, "Let's play big bank versus little bank." Okay, <laughs> you got to fucking you got a lot of money. All right, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always the same. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It was it's, it's so crazy. Like that that whole Woodstock era. Um, I always joke about like the guilt and shame. Like I I don't listen to corn anymore. And they still like will put out stuff and Spotify will let you know, you know, like when release radar or whatever, when new albums come out mm -hmm. and every yeah. like, six months or so I'll go, let me just like check in and see if it, I was right. And like four seconds in, I'm like, Oh yeah, I was right. <laughs> like it's, it's bad. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, uh, yeah. but you don't, you don't choose what era you come of age. You don't choose like when I wish, I, I wish I was like 15 during Woodstock. Cause then I could be like, you know, I was 15. Don't blame me. I was super young. But no, I was 19. Uh, maybe I was a late bloomer or whatever. But yeah, it's that whole era sort of needs to get locked away. Like, I, you, you, <laughs> put you, it in you a know time it. capsule and never look at it again. <laughs> yeah, put it in the kind of time capsule. But oh, dude, they're showing footage of people on speakers right now. I literally saw that. Yeah. But like, no, it is like a regret. I wonder if people that grew up in the 80s were that way. Just like mm. they had the flock of seagulls haircut. And they're like, dude, I don't like to talk right. about like, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm that way. Right. Like I, I never wore Jenko jeans, but I did always try to look like Chino. Like I had like the the, the, the khakis. Dude, true story. For, yes. my whole life, for my whole life, I thought my, what do you call the length of your pants? Is it the inseam or the? 
Yes. In scene. I yeah. thought, I growing up, I literally thought I was like a 33 or something. I don't know. I'm like 5'11 or whatever. But I thought I, my pants were longer. So I'll get like fitted for a suit and they'll be like, yeah, you're a 30. I'm like, no, I'm not short, dude. What are you talking about? Because I wore shit <laughs> so big that I thought yes. it was normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I had the harsh, harsh reality of learning that I wasn't nearly as long and pantless because everything was everything was so big and so like right i i have that same thing with like you'll still see that guy that like has like jenko jeans or whatever rarely but they're out there there's a yeah there's a part yes yes the other day so i i live in and work in hammond which is sandwiched between gary and south chicago and there's a little part of Gary that's called Black Oak. It's like this like hillbilly, like little sect of Gary. Like you guys have probably heard of Gary and Gary is everybody knows or whatever. But like there's this section of like, you know, like where, where the hills have eyes. There's a little part of it there and you'll see people, you'll see people come out of there and it's like, they, you think it's 99 again. It's like, oh my God, like there's <laughs> Django pants. And I go, yeah, like, they got, they got me, the ICP necklaces and stuff like that. on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Part of me is like, you're a treasure in a weird way. The dirty, <laughs> like wife beaters. Yeah. Like, no, that's what they call the people that, that live yeah. there. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. So <laughs> dual purpose. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, uh, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm dating this woman now. She's great. And I have these old photo albums that I was getting old things from my house. I used to live at. And I was going through them, like going to show her these photos. And there was so many that I was just like, uh, let's, you know, let's maybe, not, not, not for like, <laughs> not because of how I look, but it's like that there's like that hemp necklace or whatever. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want you to ever think of this when we're having a good night. I don't want you to think of this photo. And I don't. It flashes in her mind and she's like, oh. Yeah, I don't know if girls have that equivalent. Like you'd go, like I had that terrible haircut in the mid two thousands, which I bet you did. Did you have a bad one? Me? Yeah, for sure. So I had, yeah, I did like a little short, spiky hair with like the the short little bangs, the baby bangs. I found yeah. an old driver's license of mine when I was twenty with those bangs, and I was like, oh my god, no, yeah, like what? So yeah, like, well, like my husband's like, oh, like that's that's an interesting haircut. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, well, that's what this whole don't look at it. 1997 to like 2000 is that version. That's my driver's yeah. license. Those three mm-hmm. years are my driver's. I'm just like, I don't, you know, yeah. Like, we don't have to talk about everything. We don't have to bring all the things up. <laughs> just stay in the late 90s where you belong. Just go. It's, yeah, it's, it's cringe to you, but it's gold for us. <laughs> right. right well it's it's, right. it's sort of like there's that mitch hedberg joke where he goes like i wish i could play little league now man i'd kick some fucking ass you know? <laughs> yeah. like that's how i feel about woodstock i feel like if i went now i would do it so much better yeah. you know i'd like actually bring food i'd like pin my location i'd know how to get to my tent i'd have enough money yeah. um but you know <laughs> yes Youth is is wasted on the young, you know. Yeah, for and sure. So, so that that's that's my uh, that's just my my like my overall take. I did have a great time, and it was something cool to 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 be at. But when the overall consensus of a festival or a, a certain demographic is like these guys have no respect 
and they're angry and they're young and they make bad decisions. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yep. So then I guess what is, what was your immediate takeaway? Like when you went back to being Ben in Indiana after this, this weekend, what was there? Like, was it just like, Oh, well, I guess, you know, got, got work on Monday or did like, was there like a refractory period or a lot of repenting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I actually prided myself in not being one of the people that, that partook in some, I, I wouldn't say I was like, I wouldn't say I was model citizen during that weekend for sure. But, uh, I did really oddly, I did feel good that, that I didn't display a lot of the behaviors that these guys are talking about. Like I'm, you know, in this documentary, like I'm, I'm part of that group. Yeah. But I, I don't know if there's a takeaway for me, I just go like, well, at least in the biggest moment of worst behavior, that's not in you. You know, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of like, uh, you, you guys mm-hmm. work, you guys work the street still, you have worked the street. Um, you always tell people like when a woman gets hit by their, uh, boyfriend, husband, whatever, baby daddy, or you, you always tell them the same thing and you go like, Hey, people don't stop doing this. They do it and then they do it more and then they do it more. Um, right. There's people that hit women and there's people that don't. And I, I there's not people that hit women sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're just, those people don't exist. You either do it or you don't. Yeah. And I, at right. least if there was one thing for my self-esteem that I took away, it was like, that's not in me. Like during uh-huh. the worst, the worst times, mm-hmm. I still didn't steal. I didn't hurt anyone. I didn't break things just to break them. You know what I mean? I was there for the wildness, but almost like an voyeuristic kind of mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, you know. just observing people watching yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Spectator. Just a spectator. Yeah, which I don't know. Maybe it's worse, right? That's how the Nazis happened. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I, I do just remember going like, well, that that was really wild. And I was I was pumped to see the bands that I did see. I don't remember if there was supposed to be bands on Sunday, but I didn't miss them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um there was I, so what was the best there. what was the best band that you saw? What was your favorite? Um I mean, honestly, like at that time, I was so into corn and them with 200,000 other people all. And it was like free, free license to be as like crazy and violent and whatever as you wanted, uh, which is my, which is my bag at that time. I think that was probably, regrettably, you know what I mean? Like this sucks that this was recorded, but that mm-hmm. probably was, that probably was the best part for me. And because I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo like that. And because I don't know, maybe my upbringing or a, I like band of horses. Uh, I remember like, some of the female acts. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't think Cheryl Crow was good. I'm not a huge fan of her, but like, I remember going like, at least we have the capacity to. Yeah, a lot of people were like, "Show us your tits and stuff," but not, but not me. I was like, "It's actually a good show." <laughs> you know what I mean? I can get to with some of it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't remember the lineup, but I don't. I remember. Um, there just wasn't that many for as big as it was. I don't think there was that many big acts. Kid Rock was big at the time. And d- despite him being super weird, um, he does put on a good show. And if that's, it was like 90 degrees and he's wearing a mink coat. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I was doing wild. a little pre-reading and I saw that they tried to get most of uh, Warp Tour 99 to be in that show. And most of them were like, no, absolutely not. Like Blink no was offered, Green Day was offered, a bunch of them. And they were all like, no. The only people that actually showed up from uh, Warp Tour that year was uh, Reveal Off- and Seven. Offspring? What about Offspring? Oh, and Offspring, but they weren't on, uh, on Warp Tour that year. 
Seven. What I really wish, what I really I wish was that. Yeah, yeah. What I really wish was that uh, I would have gone to ninety four. I would have only yeah, been fourteen, so it just wasn't a thing. Yeah, but that's like, dude. I Trent remember being jealous. Moment. Yeah, I remember being watching it on MTV when I was like thirteen, and I was so jealous. I was like, I wish I was there because Green Day, like, I well, yeah, I think that was my Green Day phase, mm-hmm. and I, I was just so jealous. I was like. I'm not old enough to be there, and it sucks. <laughs> oh, and the other takeaways too. They talk about it in this documentary, but like the fact that we didn't all catch a billion diseases, probably True. a lot of us did. But like they, they, so kids see people playing in the mud in '94, and so they go, "I can't wait to get to Woodstock because I'm going to play in the mud and I'm going to let it all hang out." And you know what I mean? That one guy in our group is going to pull his wang out, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, <laughs> So people wanted that so bad, so they but they but they weren't willing to let it happen organically. So these porta potties and stuff were broken, and uh, something broke. I don't know how it happened, but there was like shit water, like mud. It was like mud and shit. Oh. And people are literally like you know rolling in it. And uh, I don't I don't think I knew that oh. at the time, but I but I was still like that's Gross. so close. That's so close to the porta potties. Um, the fact that that wasn't more of a problem is right. uh oh. yeah yeah it was like on a chuck it was like, like chuck from that oh. yeah. Well, yeah yeah it says and on that's here the- that there was a lot of cases of e coli and uh other bacterial infections yeah as there should have been Sounds about but, right. but but that is that is where this place missed the mark so much is you're selling a certain feeling or vibe to people who aren't receptive and don't want that vibe. So what they try to do is they try to imitate what they've seen. Well, people were in the mud. Uh, people did show, like people got naked, right? So they mm-hmm. do those things, but they're not doing them for remotely the same reasons. So you have like, you know, anytime you have a bunch of young, angry men, and especially they talk about it in the documentary too. But like, like my worst nightmare is that I'm in a time machine and my daughter goes to Woodstock 99. It, it's just <laughs> the, the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? Like, like I was, a, I was, a, I, was a, I was a gentleman at Woodstock and it, and it wasn't good. You know what I mean? It like, wasn't a gentlemanly place. <laughs> no, dude. It was no. not a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I, I have the picture somewhere. Definitely it's on camera, but like I tell you those guys that would paint their bodies, my buddy, this is big in the, like that uh, late nineties, like Adam Sandler era, like gay jokes and like mm-hmm. the jokes were all the rage for us. He would go up to all these people and take a picture with his face right, right, right behind these guys. <laughs> and he had like he had like eight pictures of different people with their dicks, and he's like putting thumbs up, like Nick. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was wonderful. But so I don't know. I we just, got um, we got what we deserve. Similar to politics, like this. You know when George <laughs> Carlin goes, George Carlin goes, "This is the best we can do, folks." When it comes to 1999 Woodstock, I just go, "This is it. This is the best <laughs> we can do." Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I pulled up the list of the performers for all actually four days of Woodstock 99. So it started on Thursday with like a handful of acts. Um, most notably I see here is like George Clinton and the P funk all stars yeah. and, Ver- and vertical horizon. Like that was, that was it. But then, so Friday you had like George Clinton, I think played every single day. What the hell is it? No, he played no, Friday and Saturday. No wonder we were doing drugs, dude. Vertical, <laughs> right. Vertical but, um, is your entertainment? Yeah, for sure. I think I'll take mushrooms and bang on that garbage can instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the Friday lineup had, um, 
let's see, Buck Cherry, Bush, DMX, uh, oh. Insane Clown Posse, Corn yeah. Lit, <laughs> Cheryl Insane Crow, Posse. Uh, Offspring, The Roots. Oh. And, and then oh, I'd love uh, to see the roots. I love the roots the would roots. be cool. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, yeah. this is the the day it all went to shit. You had Alanis Morissette, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews, Everclear, Fatboy Slim, uh, Ice Cube, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Kid Rock, Limp Biscuit, Metallica, Moby. That that explains everything. Raging That's a lot, Machine, dude. That's Wyclef a lot. John. And then Sunday, this is what Ben has no recollection of. Uh, Al Green, Collective Soul, Creed, Elvis Costello, Everlast, Godsmack, Jewel, <laughs> Megadeth, Whoa. Muse, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rusted Root, Seven Dust, Brian Setzer Orchestra, and Willie Nelson. Oh, no, dude, Random. I, have, I have recollection of that because that's Random. when the Chili Peppers played. That's when it oh. all went to, when it got bad, yeah. So that's okay. So that's that's wild. And then also, I pulled up on this Wikipedia article. These are the bands that were invited and said hell no. Uh, Marilyn Manson. They were like <laughs> uh, he he was like if ICP is playing and Limp Biscuit, we're not dealing with that shit. So they said I could do all I could I could do a whole other episode on shame related to Marilyn Manson too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can uh, get in on that too. I, all right, let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it the dope show. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, yeah, yeah. But but again, yes. I'm 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 raised religious. I'm young and angry. This guy comes along and goes, "Hey, everything you've been doing is bullshit." And I go, "I agree." You know, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, Foo Fighters were invited. Sugar Ray was invited. Stone Temple Pilots, Incubus, uh, Slipknot, Rob Zombie, System of a Down, <clears throat> Deftones were all invited. They all said no. Why would um, Slipknot say no? They're they're. It was they're, right up their alley. Oh my god, yeah, that, was, that was like an oh, yeah. problem too. Yeah, very. They were. I guess in '99 like, they were kind of. They like broke out like around like 2001. Yeah. Right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Really good. No. No. Their their first one was '98 or something like that. Like they no, were, where they everyone were was like everyone was. Yeah, but like oh, I don't know. Maybe in these my, ones, those la- that last group of bands, they all declined because they were playing Ozfest instead. That's why. So oh, they, yeah. they were going to play, but they did. that makes total sense. Yeah, I remember listening to yeah. Slipknot on the way on the way to there. Like I was like ready, you know, I was like they were mm. there for it for Man, sure. Talk about a pregame right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but 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 again, I was just like, dude, I was just give me all the anger, give me all the and and again, I wasn't smart enough to know like Descendants and things like you know, like like more, you know, smarter music. I just wanted like, you know what I mean? It's like, like I, I wasn't drinking old fashions. I was just shooting Jack. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have the, <laughs> I didn't have the right. culture. I didn't have the whatever. I wasn't have a, nothing was refined about me. It was just like loud and angry. That's all I need. You're not supposed to be refined at 19. Thank you. True. I needed some validation. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you make me feel better. No, I, I definitely I, I get along with that as well. And I'm just looking and it looks like I was just thinking about the, the warp tour thing and how they tried to schedule it or whatever. And it was about the same area. Buffalo, New York was the date for July twenty second and Woodstock ninety nine was July twenty second. Yeah. So literally it could have been it could have been right there. And I mean some of the acts that I saw just by like skimming through, I saw Eminem. The main stage was seven seconds, black eyed peas, blink. Bouncing Souls, Eminem, H2O, Less Than Jake, Lit, Pennywise, Vandals. Like, that would have been 
I would have much rather go to Warp Tour, by the way, just with that lineup alone. But oh, that was sure. that was the that was Absolutely. the Warp Tour lineup at the same time. Yeah, same. Eminem, same time. Eminem was at the Warp Tour. Yeah. Holy shit, dude! He was on main stage at Warp Tour. That's when he was. Yeah, that's when he was like really breaking out. Mm-hmm. I think that was before like Marshall 99? Matters LP. Yeah. Oh wow! 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 Could you? Yeah. Have- M-, M goes last, dude. That's what they say. <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> I think I think he came onto the scene when I was in eighth grade-ish. I want to say like 99. Oh, no. It was, I think it was Thereabouts. Before. Maybe 96. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I didn't hear him so, until 99. Everyone Marshall Mathers LP came out in 2000, but his first album, Infinite, came out in 96. Yeah. But so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, no one knew who he was. And then man. Slim Shady LP came out in 99. So. Okay. You no, know, I actually, I'm actually a huge Eminem fan, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm, but you know, similar to most of my favorite bands, uh, I was even like this with Nirvana, which I'm ashamed to say. But a lot of my favorite bands come out, and I go like, eh, I don't think so. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. it, there's a Fallout Boy lyric, right? Like the songs you, uh, the songs you go to love never stick at, at first. first or whatever. Never yeah. stick at first. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely. I remember hearing like Teen Spirit and going like, ah, I don't know, like I don't whatever this is. And of course I was super wrong about that. But uh, yeah, isn't that weird? Do you guys have a band like that? Like where it's like you hear them at first and you go, I don't think so. I was like that with fallout boy. I was like, it's too scattered. I was used to like more clear formulaic and I was like, it's too scattered. Like, cause they had pre hooks and then hooks and post hooks. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I didn't get it. I wasn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. I was used to dummy music, quiet, loud, quiet, loud. <laughs> so I, I wasn't, yeah. I, you know, I didn't know it yet. And so now I listen mm-hmm. to like, you know, take this to your grave. And I go, Oh no, no, that's clearly like formulaic and well-written and yeah. whatever. Um, but at the time it wasn't what I was, it wasn't quite loud, quite loud. So I didn't buy this person, <laughs> which yeah. I'm with you guys earlier. I didn't jump in earlier, uh, but cause I didn't want to take every ounce of air in the room, but like the new fallout boy, man, I just, it does nothing for me. But if you give me under the, under the court tree or cradle, I mean, so good. Like it's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, their first two records were amazing. But they yeah, make arena I, they make arena rock now. Like they make pretty much. Music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a I, weird that's a weird thing, man. You guys really that's episode worthy, I think. You do this thing where like as parents where you're waiting for your kids to like what you like because you want to <laughs> share it with them. Yeah. And then when they yes. when they do, they like the shitty current version. <laughs> the shitty version of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> the near one, yep. Oh, it's so tough. My kids would do the same thing. They're like, they love this new Fall Out Boy. And I'm like, no, no, no. This like, it's, this is bad. Like, listen to this old one. And they're like, ah, it's fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're wrong. <laughs> you don't appreciate it enough. Try again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was waiting. I was waiting for my daughter to like something besides Taylor Swift. And then she's playing Fall Out Boy. And I'm like, of course. Now we can share everything. It's like, nah. We can't. Right. Yeah, we're not we're not supposed to, I guess. And and then when she listens to Taylor Swift, she'd be like, "No, you got to go with like the first record that was still like her heart and soul. It was in it. Now it's not. Now she's over." Yeah, and and the, and the counterpoint to that episode would be what did stick? Because like, so so my daughter is ten; she'll be eleven in December, uh, and she looks like her mom, but she's like me. She's always got something to say. She's loud. She's exaggerated. She's extra. She loves music, and uh, I was trying to get her to like some stuff, and so I played uh, Jewel. And she, I'm trying to get her to play guitar and she already sings. And uh, she wants to sing this Jewel songs now. And I didn't think it was going to stick because it's just dated or whatever. But she'll walk around humming them. And I'm like, I, I did it. I finally did <laughs> it. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an accomplishment when when you your kid does get they take your music and they they start to like it. I, that's how it is like with my 10-year-old. Um and but she's in a Taylor Swift phase right now. Like she takes her Alexa in the bathroom to shower. <laughs> it's all Taylor Swift. So does mine. Yeah, mine like, does it's, mine yeah. Does and it's like <laughs> yeah, and then it's like it's the new Taylor Swift, and I'm like, no, go back to the self-titled where she's like singing about Tim McGraw and mm-hmm. Summer yeah. and stuff like I, that. It's like dashboard confessional Taylor Swift, <laughs> right? Like, right. You know? I um, you know? I I gotta say, and I gotta brag about my family real quick. So my niece is 12, and I mean, so my older nie- nieces and nephews are in their 20s and stuff like that and i took them to yellow card i took them to newfound glory stuff like that so they were into it and now this my younger nieces and nephews are finally getting into music and when i'm when i go to visit and i hear bayside coming out of her alexa i'm like oh we fucking did it we did it we win and then yeah. like, um even even my girlfriend's daughter who we took to fallout boy and only knew her knew them from whatever uh the other day i was playing uh ben folds in the car and she's Hell like yeah. She's like, this sounds familiar. She goes, this is on Hoodwinked. And then she put on the movie and he did the entire soundtrack. So I was like, we connect over Ben Foles. This is crazy. I never thought that would be a thing. And oh, then, he did? Um, he yeah. did over the hedge. He did over the hedge too. That's what, I that's what I meant. It. Over the hedge. That's the one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, first off, it's wild that he did that. I was like, wow, good for him. He's still, he's still kicking along. And then also that we could vibe over music like that too. I was always, when I did the Hey My Man podcast, I was always jealous of Dave because Dave would be like, I was like a helicopter parent. I'm like all over my kids, you know? And he would be like, nah, I just sit there and watch Seinfeld and my kids can do whatever they want. Like, I don't care. And, and his kids would be like, can we sit down and watch Seinfeld? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how'd you do this? I'm trying to get my kids to like cool stuff. They don't. Cause I yeah. let them do their own thing. And his, uh, his son like had like a punk rock jacket with buttons and wanted to go see punk shows. And I'm just like, how did you do that? And I think the key yeah. is, the key is you have to be slightly unattainable, and so that they <laughs> right. so, so so they reach. They it's reach true. Them. I my agree. Dad would, my dad mm-hmm. would be like, "I'm not watching your bullshit. We're watching Mash and Honeymooners. That's just what's happening." <laughs> and so I'm in my 40s and I can't sleep unless the fucking Mash is on. Right? Like that. That's <laughs> how it works. Right. It, it, but yeah. if I told him, "You're, you're yeah. gonna love the, you're gonna love this show. You like your shows and my shows," it's, that doesn't work. You have to like mm-hmm. set right. like the standard and be like, "I don't care if you like it or not. it's like a hot chick. Like I don't yeah, care if you want to date me or not." And so everyone's like, well, I do want to now, you know, yep, it works yep. for guys. It works for guys too. That's why girls, that's why girls date like assholes. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't but care. Th- like that you, guys that go to it. Woodstock 99. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were, they were heavy yeah. and white tank tops. I oh God. I'll do it. If I find pictures, I'll send them to you. All right, you can put them good. with this oh, episode. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be sure. nice. That's the key. Yeah. So I remember just to kind of cap off on that. I, I was the same way. My dad would always have the history channel on and he'd be like, you're watching this or you're not like that. That's it. And now I, I yearn for the old history channel of like all the documentaries. Same thing was happening this weekend. We we're watching boy meets world. Cause I was having a nineties moment. And I remember sitting down <laughs> with oh, my niece. Uh, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. sitting down with my girlfriend's daughter and like, Hey, let's watch boy meets world. And she wasn't into it. I put it on and she just happens to be in the room and she like kept watching. I'm like, that's how it works. You just got to like, not, like not give a shit and it works. You, you just, can't ever care. Yeah. You just have to have it in the background. And that's, you know what I do. Like when I'm in the car and I'm listening to like new fan glory and my 
like the next time we get in the car and I'm not listening to them and my oldest is like, can you put on that band that uh-huh. my friends over you band or whatever? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like asking for it. That's exactly um, how I did it as well. Like I'll, I'll always like ease them into it. Like we're not going to go straight to like screaming and whatever, but I'll put on like some music that I think they can at least like enjoy. And then before you know it, they're like, Hey, can you put that band back on? So yeah. Hasn't worked for me yet. No. It's it's always when we get in my truck, she's always like I always say, Hey, what do you want to listen to? TikTok radio. I'm like, that ain't happening. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, Wrong answer, try again. Yeah. Uh um, yeah. tried see, bluegrass route for a while uh-huh. and she wasn't into that. I love bluegrass, but uh so now I just she knows when in, when we're riding in the truck together it's dad's time for music. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that might be understand. the way that might be the way to be, Justin. Yeah. Like yeah. That, you have to have like your your space where you do it because when i used to do that show like i used to always dave's it was always time for dave's stuff you know what i mean he like didn't my kids so i have a hard time relating to my 12 year old because he likes like cg5 which is like this youtube guy and he makes songs like about video games and i'm just like dude this is shit (laughs) it's actually it's actually not like the guy's got a good voice but i'm just like this doesn't mean anything and he doesn't like anything loud like i play deftones loud music and he's just like ah, he doesn't care for loud. it's like it's too much for him and i'm just like i don't know mm-hmm. i'm lost here i'm lost here like i i, I don't want to be disappointed yeah. that you like shit but i guess that's you got to get through it you know what i mean if my dad i'm sure if you asked my dad when he was around back in 1999 he would have been like oh my god are you serious you're never <laughs> you're never playing that anywhere yeah near yeah oh my dad was like that well, too and right? it's just like yeah oh no i was just gonna say like oh, when yeah, i got I, into I, ska I, and, and all that stuff i tried to play it around my dad and he was like no I was like, no, but it's kind of like old school, like rock and roll. Like he used to like, like Bill Haley in the comments and stuff like that. I'm like, it has horn section, right? Like that could, and no, mm-mm. he wasn't about no. it. Yeah. He's like, my he's like, he's like, he's like, he's I was playing everything from like, I was obsessed with Nirvana in seventh grade. And then it went to Green Day. And then it went to Rancid. Then it went like just crazy from like, Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails to Ska. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it went to hardcore. And my, my mom was like, What what is like mm-hmm. with the Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails space? She's like, Are you like is this double worshiping music? <laughs> and I was like, No, yes. I, no, but then yeah, like yeah, misfits, like then I was like listening to the misfits and where it's like You're like, this is legit no, double worshiping want- music. Yeah, I want your skull, you know. I was trying to play. Uh, she didn't know what to think. Like, she's like this little, this little Asian lady going like, "What? Uh, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I'm worried about you." And I'm I've like, been to several, "I've been to several Marilyn Manson shows, and I've yet to see one little Asian lady, like an old one." Yeah, there's none. There's none. No, I was. I have a. I have an Alexa there's in the none. kitchen. I have an Alexa in the kitchen, and I was playing Tool's latest record, like while I was cooking. And my son was really like, can you turn this off? Like, I'm trying to do homework. Like, I don't like this. And I was just like, you don't know how bad you're hurting me right now. You don't know what you're doing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Tool in concert? Yeah. Have you ever gone times. to one of their concerts? Yeah. It's really, um, I love the imagery because, you know, it's all about art with them. And they're like little claymation and all, you know, the yeah. artistry and stuff. They have all that art going on in the background. And you, I, I just stare at that, like, and it, 
yeah, I don't know. It's just like it does like you're saying it makes you feel a certain way. It puts these only like, th- emotions. Only thing though is like at a tool show, like they have these long, like eight minute breakdowns of just like weirdness. And so like the crowd, yes. is, like, I don't know. We, Their we, songs we take, are so long. Well, they're just like, do we take more drugs now? We're not sure what to do. And like, you'll look, <laughs> you'll look over at the other guy and he's like vibing. And I was like, you're not still into this guitar. So like, you're not, I know you're not, don't lie to me. Like, I know you're not still, you can't well, wait it's for the chorus. After a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's long it's stretches where it's good, it's good for an album, but live you sort of go like, you kind of like, look at your watch. Right. And, okay. There's still. Yeah. Dr- All right, the song is still there. going. All right, well, yeah, like, that's why I, I was staring at the the stuff on the screen, like the video that they have going on the screen. I'm just like, I fall asleep at one time. I'm not gonna <laughs> I think you just got to sleep at one time. Yeah, yeah. It I don't helps. think it hurts. Yeah, I guess. It's where you're, you're looking and like, all right, I'm going to go run to the restroom, get a drink, get a snack, and I think he might be wrapping up by the time we're done. And then for that well yeah no i, I love the same song still i love them too and they're great live but there is that thing where like you don't quite know what to do sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. you don't know where to put your yeah, energy like, i don't know what to do with my hands here like <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly you're like you can't headbang to it you just say like, i'll wait for the right i'll wait, I'll wait. like <laughs> when you start like jamming and then you're like okay what do i do next i don't know yeah. right and that's that's also like just to speak about concerts in general like when when the energy is super high and then they like the next song they're like all right we're gonna go acoustic for the next few like no why why you're just killing the show like but then obviously they kick it all the way right back up just like you're used to high low high low but for me i acoustic albums are great and acoustic shows are great but when they integrate acoustic into like a heavy show it's like that's not what we're here for folks i'm sorry that's that's what is well now the thing is bands will do these they'll do these acoustic tours mm-hmm. like new fans where you did one at yeah. the beginning of last year where they did they released their acoustic album and they just they went on a tour where it was just acoustic um dropkick murphy's is doing one this year that's just acoustic and uh, i yeah. mean it's just it's just kind of it's also it's, i i mean from a business point i think that's just their way of like dipping their back into the well right like oh we don't have to write well newfound did like a whole new original acoustic album but a lot of them are like re-releasing their popular album but now it's acoustic and like hey we're doing an acoustic tour and it's like uh, okay but i, I remember on glory's credit it was like that that acoustic that was album a good album yes awesome, i love I re- it i remember years really ago good. uh going to see the toadies which is a band i love i just yeah. really like super underrated oh yeah i remember the toadies but i remember going to see them i remember going to see them at the double door and i was really pumped and they did a whole acoustic like they had to do like a little keyboard and a piano and i was like it was cool but it was just like oh man not the vibe like, you were going for yeah yeah i don't know what to do with this remember the show oh, metalocalypse oh yeah what is it what metalocalypse oh mm-hmm. yes well, yeah. uh that was what um is acoustic? yeah oh you mean adult swim guitars? <laughs> fucking love that show all right my brother well i hope i remembered a few i hope i remembered some and i hope i didn't talk too much man i i tend to do that i try to like not talk and it just doesn't work man (laughs) no i think this was good man i really appreciate you sharing your debauchery with us Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll some, have to get you and Robin on your uh, your Marilyn Manson uh, uh, shame uh, tour one day too. Yeah, oh I was I was really into that. Robin. The commercial goth phase. <laughs> yeah, I was like this little suburban kid who would like cut cut holes in his sweaters for his thumb. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. cool. I thought I thought I was cool. And it's like you got to go all. I would wear the. Yeah, I'd wear the black lipstick. I tried to dye my hair black and it just didn't go with my skin tone. It only works like like that jet black hair only works with the girls who are like really fair skinned. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it didn't it didn't look right on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Not, um, I, most of the things I love haven't aged well. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's life, man. Um yeah. so that's that's going to conclude our ride to the 1990s. Uh Robin Justin, do you have anything to say in closing? Go ahead, Robin. No, go ahead, Justin. You're late, so you're going to go first. Come on. As always, <laughs> stay punk rock. Stay safe out there. <laughs> and thanks for listening to us ramble on and go off on tangents like we always do. It's just who we are. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Ben, always, go ahead. I always feel like. Um, you kind of need like, sorry, that's going to be your responsibility, Charlie, but you got to, or 10, eight, you got to, um, there has to be someone to reign, especially me for sure. You have to be somebody to go like, Hey, like come back, come back <laughs> to what we're, you know what I mean? Nah, nah, I, th- I think, it, I think it worked. Um, but yeah, Ben, thank you very much for sharing your story. I, I definitely appreciate it. Definitely what I was expecting. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. Everyone listening, stay tuned for next episode. Whenever that will be, we'll be covering covers. It'll be our punk rock cover episode. So we'll be dishing out a bunch of punk rock cover songs. And then we've got a bunch of guests lying in the, uh, in the weeds that we're going to be bringing out here soon. Just so for, uh, for all of us here at uh, the punk rock cops, we'll talk to you next time. See you later. Bye. 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 Punk Rock Cops is a 108 Entertainment production. All rights reserved to 108 Entertainment, LLC.